This week's episode of Doctor Who, The Doctor, the Widow, and the Wardrobe, is a veritable Christmas feast of biotruths and gender essentialism cooked up for us by Stephen Moffat. We had a great time making fun of him and his writing with our friend Gigalithic, but if you find the plot of this episode at all distasteful, you're right. So just know what you're getting into. Hoovians, hop in your TARDISes, you're listening to another episode of Doctor, huh? Huh? Christmas? Again? Again? Last Christmas? This Christmas? This is a randomly selected Doctor Who podcast, I always forget to tell people that. I'm your humany womany brother, just getting it out of the way early, Jordan. Fuck. Oh, I forgot to write one down. I'm... Sam. Happy and holidays, have... I'm your, uh... Oh, no, never mind, let's do it again. Uh, I need to come up with a. I need to come up with a new nickname. So. <laughs> yeah, five seconds. And, and we've got a week... special guest joining us this week for the for the first ever Doctor Huh Christmas special this week. You know them from Matter Meter Lads. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It's uh, yeah, Gigalithic. It's, it's me, uh, your shit stirring son of a bitch, Gigalithic. You know I them like from when <laughs> we said that they would be on last week, and we mm-hmm. were wrong. Yeah, so due to due to some due to some scheduling constraints, you know, uh, constraints is constraints. That's a very generous apps, way of describing how all funny of us a little whoopsie, a little whoopsie doodle, a little whoopsie. You know, we let he who is not fucked up and forgotten something uh, throw the I first believe, stone. I believe um, the term that doctor would use would be a little fucky wucky yeah and you know i i'm the only one who had to suffer consequences from this because both times you guys got to uh enjoy podcasting but i'm the only one who got to miss out on talking about the master's meat and like you didn't get to talk about obama <laughs> big barry Obama's big speech <laughs> and now fix- and in will and little will's funny guy well yeah i mean if you have any um, grievances you want to air from last week go ahead <laughs> Yeah, if you have anything you want to say I, about... No, go- that's okay. the thing, is, like, I'm kind of happy that I wasn't on that episode, because I don't know what I would have to add to the show, really. It's kind of like, that 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 those episodes are so fucking off the wall that they kind of speak for themselves. Um, and this episode, which, by the way, is uh, the series... Is it the series 7 Christmas it's, it's special? It's between series 6 and 7. It's the 2011 <laughs> Christmas special. Oh boy, it sure was 2011. That it that sure was, was one thing. Fucking one thing you could. One thing you could. There were two things I could tell, which is that it was Christmas and that it was written in 2011. Um, this one is called <sighs> "The Doctor, the Widow, and the Wardrobe," writ- written by our friend, our enemy, the bastard of the show, Stephen Moffat, who I would love for him to log off and never yeah. log back on. Britain's biggest toe fan. <laughs> <laughs> Britain's biggest freak. I, I think that I think there's probably I'm, bigger perverts in Britain than Stephen. Uh, Moffat. Yeah, I, I mean, like uh, legally, he's a he's, yes. a, he's, a, he's uh, like a crypto pervert. He's a secret pervert. Exactly. But we, that's, but we, that's, yeah. that's worse in some ways. It was also directed by Farron Blackburn for the record. Yeah. Um, fuck this episode. This is. <laughs> I hate. I hate. I hated this episode. I thought it was just just awful. I, you, Sam, you go. I'll go go last. I'm the guest. Uh, 
I didn't hate it, but I didn't like it. Yeah, I think maybe I... hate is a sh- maybe. I was worried that I just sound like I'm just completely uh, like influenced by what the person said before. Maybe hate is a strong word. I strongly disliked this episode and did not enjoy watching it. I, I literally I thought excited. you were about to say I was worried I was about to sound like I the actually like tease. <laughs> Hate, hate is a strong one. word, but I really, um, really, really didn't like this episode. I speaking of 2011, <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I d- wouldn't say that I hated it. I didn't definitely didn't like it. It is the I think this of all the Doctor Who that I've watched, I think this is the single most like cloying, disgustingly treacly episode. In existence. I don't yeah, understand. And I, was, I was going like, through the Christmas yeah. specials that we've watched so far, and in retrospect, I think this is the only one that really feels like a Christmas episode. Mm-hmm. Some- usually, usually, it's that the season ends, the show goes on break for a year, and then the Doctor comes back in time for some good old-fashioned Christmas trauma and or he dies. Yeah, there's definitely other episodes This was this you was, haven't seen that are also very Christmassy. But Good. this, well, one, yeah, we'll see. You'll see another one next I'm next sure. week. Yeah, usually it's just like the doctor does a thing on Christmas. Mm-hmm. This one was like the doctor becomes Mary Poppins for a little girl and her <laughs> shithead brother, who I hate so, so goddamn much. I'm just gonna get this out of the way. You say little girl. How old would you say this character is? I don't know. I don't know how old kids are. Probably somewhere in the ballpark of four years old to eleven. I, I, say I was gonna say maybe bit. like. 13. 13? This the actress child... is Listen. 19 years old. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No wonder she's so it much better at acting the... than the it... kid who played Cyril. It bothered me the whole fucking episode. I'm I like, want to talk about that. That's a, that's not a, that's a short woman. A very short adult woman. <laughs> I mean, we've been desensitized to it from watching and the, the weirdest part, American TV Yeah, teenager. the weirdest part is that Cyril was 38 years old. <laughs> He's a real Hans Mol- a reverse Hans Mole man, we call that. Yeah, but usually you have adults playing post-pubescent children. Like, like 16-year-olds and shit. <laughs> like, I don't know. There's something weird about, like, a 13-year-old being played by an adult. <laughs> That's <laughs> it very just... strange. It's weird that they couldn't find, like, a a, a girl, like a child. <laughs> well, you know what happened? Is I mean, they, she... look, they found one, and look how that you know turned what happened? out. <laughs> you know what happened is that... The, they had this like these perfect like you know these these young actresses come and they were all great for the part and then Steven said you're close but you're not you're not strong enough <laughs> you're strong but you're too young you're st- <laughs> you have not reached yeah as long as we're getting stuff out of the way this is the bio truths this is a bio truth episode, yeah, episode. Got <laughs> fucking friend of the show ironicus fucking... posted I, I I accidentally click spoilers sometimes that I when when you posted we were watching the doctor the widow and the wardrobe uh, ironicus posted ah yes the bio truths episode it's, it's so <laughs> what is that fucking mean? unnecessary what? Too. Okay, like, we need to. Does we the doctor to, even have a like? A I know. We'll talk about it when we get. The we doctor. have to. We have to wait. We it's have to literally wait. the underlying code of nature. He says. 
the, the metaphysics in this episode the, is the, so The fucked. laws oh of nature God. are that women are strong women's mothers strong and mom, men mom. are oafs who don't know what yogurt is. I, I, we'll get there when we get there, but there's a, the idea that the doctor is like, me, you and me, little boy, we are men. We are biological males. I have a p- penis and I have <laughs> semen scrotum. running through my balls. Like, <laughs> you are an alien. What are you talking about? You're not. What is this? this? You turn into a white orange semen running through all seven of my time ward walls. I like, take the forest, like, I put it in my brain. This shit ain't nothing this, to me. This feels like Stephen Moffat, like Jody proofing the show. <laughs> 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 And I'll tell you the one more thing, kid. I'll never be a woman. I will never carry. I will never regenerate into a woman. I will regenerate. I will regenerate infinity times, but none of those times I'll be a woman. He said in the episode. We okay, have we to gotta, start talking about this. Okay, we gotta fucking start. Sam, how does this episode start? Earth, the Big Apple. There's an evil-looking spaceship in space. I love Star Wars. He used the Star Wars shot of the ship from underneath, and then we see the Doctor doing spaceship, and then Doing what I thought the- before I watched the show, what I thought the entire show would be, which is the Doctor, like, running through the hallways of an exploding spaceship, like, I gotta get out of here! Yeah, I thought the spaceship would matter, but, uh... Yeah, see, but from the music, I was was half expecting it to be a fast blue hedgehog. Jokes on um, me. Oh yes, uh, it is playing the Sonic 06 theme song. Oh yeah, this which, is uh, this is the week that I finally uh, remembered to listen for the Doctor's theme, and it really and truly is his it, world from Sonic nothing, 06. Nothing brings me more joy in this world than than people saying, "I don't think it sounds like his world from Sonic 06," and then they then they get back to me and say, "Oh, it sounds exactly like <laughs> his world from Sonic 06." <laughs> I love being right. Uh, the doctor, uh, is on a ship that is, like, exploding. We're catching him in Radio Res in, a, in an adventure that literally doesn't matter. Um, and then he tries to get to a spacesuit, and then he falls out of the ship, and he puts the spacesuit on in space. This, this episode gets falling. an early compliment from me, because oh. I enjoyed the sequence of the doctor falling through outer space, frantically trying to catch a falling spacesuit and put it on. I thought it looked very bad, which meant that it looked very good to me. There Reminded was a thing of, in this episode that looked a d- rusty era bad, and I actually really liked to see how bad it looked. Reminded me of uh, of Mass Effect Two, except I was with thinking uh, less dire consequences. I was thinking Halo. I was thinking Halo Three. Oh, okay. Um, I wasn't thinking about either of them, but now I am thinking about Mass Effect. I wasn't time, thinking about it at the time, but I am thinking when about I was it now. a child. Um, one of my shithead brothers, I don't remember which one, told Definitely me, not me. Whatever it was, I didn't do it. <laughs> told me that in Halo 1 and 2, Master Chief took fall damage, but in Halo 3, that game starts with him, like, falling from outer space and surviving, and that made him immune to all fall damage, and I believed it. <laughs> I, I don't think that was me. Well, that's I so believe, stupid, because, I, I, I really believe so the thing that is, was, like, the, a canon the, thing. That he has armor lock, which can lock the plates of his armor together in a way that makes him basically invulnerable. But he how does move. that? Okay, wait. But like, because this is what happens to the doctor too. Because when we we catch up with him in a moment, he's going to say like impact suit, and he can't like move, and his helmet's on backwards. Why would like completely restricting your joints and bones help you survive a fall? Because I'm pretty sure. When you fall, you're supposed to go as rigid and stiff as possible, so that when you hit the ground, everything just, you know. I was sad that we didn't get to see the shot of the 11th Doctor 
planting into a crater like an this arrow. This would have been a perfect time for um, when she does f- the mom, Madge, um, who we see her. We see Madge, uh, like, riding a bike. And then mm-hmm. she sees the doctor fall. And I, this would have been a perfect time where she, like, she, like, uh, she finds him and it's, it's, uh, it's Peter Cavaldi. <laughs> it's Peter Cavaldi. Nice. Yeah, he's just regenerated. <laughs> but yeah, she finds him in a crater. His space helmet is on backwards. It's uh, so funny. She takes him. Now it looks kind of good backwards. She, she takes him home. Uh, and. Her son Cyril is looking at the moon through a telescope. This Fuck turns this out kid. to be I hate this kid so much. Completely irrelevant. It has nothing to do with the episode, but the the kids are snarking. That's all that matters. Yeah. Uh, and she <laughs> tells Cyril, um, speaking of things that feel like a setup for something that that they aren't, mm-hmm. she tells Cyril, like, tell your dad. I found a guy in a crater. He's in a spacesuit. His helmet's on backwards. I'm gonna go look for a police box to try to get him some help. And then she leaves, and the dad comes in and says, where's your mom? And he says, uh, she went out. And I thought that that was going to be the beginning of some sort of storyline where he thinks that she's cheating on him. But it turns out that that was a very long dialogue sequence uh, to set up absolutely nothing. Yeah, they, so, well, it goes question. these length towards mm. establishing this family dynamic that um, ends up being for nothing because I don't give a shit about these people. <laughs> oh, these are True. like the... I, never have I cared less about a group of characters on this show. I like, care more. I, I care more for Christina D'Souza than I do about these people. I only because agree. I hate her. And that's more than I feel to, towards any... Like, I don't give a shit if that boyfriend... I mean, I am forest, completely indifferent. Real. I'm indifferent to Lily. I'm largely indifferent to Madge. And I hate Cyril. Uh, worst boy. Can I say... Mention. Worse than Josh Traeger. I had a moment where I thought that I had picked up on something epic that was going to happen in this <clears throat> episode. And I was, for some reason, for most of this episode, I was sure, I was sure that... It would end with Lily, the daughter, that there would be some conversation where she's like, oh, I'm I'm going over to, to Billy Pond's house. Oh, and my like, God. Oh, my God. That's Amy Holy Pond's great grandma or something. I don't know why I was <laughs> so grandma. fixated on that idea. It turns out that this is just some family also, who gives a shit. Also, they don't matter. Um, and also, uh, she's... Uh, we then cut to Madge, and she's pregnant with the master, who will then be oh, pregnant yeah. with the doctor. The, she turns into Belle. The 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 so Madge, you you want to know one thing about Madge that she can't fucking drive for shit. And Women? let me tell you, okay, Steven, yeah, this is Steven's first bio the, truth. The gender essentialism that happens later in this episode really casts a pall uh, on is, the way that Madge is characterized. This is, this is what I call uh, Joss Whedon feminism, mm-hmm. where you don't do anything feminist, but then you have a woman be epic. You have a woman, and, and then uh, you have someone say women are strong. Yeah, women have, having agency in the story is literally, the but only like thing then you just either like embarrass them, sexualize them, make them shitty or make everyone laugh at them but then or in this case establish that in the short time that she drives this car to find the tardis i think the doctor says that she crashed like eight times not to like, like skip ahead to the very I, end I of the episode say that but Madge it's very funny agency in this whole episode it's very funny that like there's a payoff to this later which is like Madge heroically and epically uh, crashes a giant to- car. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. like I I figured out how to d- pilot this very intricate machinery, but then she still crashes it like it's supposed to be funny. 
Yeah, and the doctor rolls his eyes and says, bloody women. God, women. <laughs> Sometimes I mean, they take... They're yeah, just the, not the, as strong. The, the, the walking tree men look out the window and see her piloting a mech and go, that's a bloody woman! What the fuck is wrong with uh, white blanking... What's the enemy? Who's who's the bad mm-hmm. man? What's his name? Stephen Moffat? Yeah. What's his fucking <laughs> name? The like, bad man. The, the enemy! The enemy! <laughs> he's, our, he's our invisible enemy of the show. We're talking he's, about the 2011 like, Christmas special, The Doctor, The Widow, and The Wardrobe, written by the enemy, directed by Sharon Blackburn. Yeah. <laughs> From now on, I love that. He's the, we will not speak his name. He is the enemy. The dark one. Get your groggers out, everyone. <laughs> this episode was written by. He's a fucking white British. Uh, like. Like, he's trying to be epic. It's, we get Madge, and then, like, in fucking two episodes, or, like, four episodes or whatever, we're gonna get Clara, whose whole shit is that she can't use the internet. Clara gets better. (laughs) Uh, I forgot about that. This is the man who wrote Scandal in Belgravia. I don't want (laughs) fucking anything to do with him. The good um, news is, we absolutely don't have time to get into Sherlock right now. Yeah, (laughs) his his ideas about women are, are, are well documented, but still, just, like... Come the fuck on, man. <laughs> well, so what's weird is that I this episode, in in the same way that a lot of Moffat and I think also uh, uh, Mark Gatiss's writing does, mm. is it it is that like you said, it's that sort of Joss Whedon type of feminism where it's like it's trying to be feminist in in the way that it hypes women up but they doesn't they don't for portray the women most at... backwards things where it's <laughs> oh, like man. women well, are he, actually uh, amazing they're uh, basically have... walking talking wombs they you, don't you, portray you women as people like yeah. you have such beautiful also what pleasures the... i will show you when you get to some certain amy pond episodes <laughs> no. joke for the fucking nerds in the room uh, making me think about this uh that <laughs> mark gatiss is the sauron to fucking moffat's morgoth <laughs> He's his, he's his lieutenant. Okay. I would say that he's the, the Saruman to to Moffat Sauron. Sauron. He's overseeing like the fucking Urukai pits. I mean, I, he's the Saruman to our Gandalf, and we're just getting fucking flung around. Flung around. In I am a Marquis of many colors. Um, okay, um, so, so they find a police him, box. She takes uh, him to the TARDIS, although it, it turns out as a joke, it's actually just a normal police see, box. See, there's a moment here that I was like, like, oh, Madge is being epic, but he, she's, he's like, oh, it's locked, and she says, I'll pick the lock, and he says, nobody, not even the hordes of Genghis Khan. Not even the hordes of Genghis Khan, I was thinking about, I was thinking about those hordes. Did I mention my name is Madge D'Souza? <laughs> But then, and I was like, oh my god, and then she does it, and he goes, oh, well now I'm going to be time traveling with much less sense of security, haha. But it's actually not his TARDIS, it's just a regular police box. Did and I mention that my name is Madge Khan? And, the, <laughs> oh, and, no! then, and then the doctor is like, okay, well, I'm gonna go find my box, and then three years pass, and we never see him find it, so I, in my mind, I mean, he finds it, but, like, in my mind, he was stuck on Earth without his he, TARDIS for several years. To to be more accurate, he says, this isn't it, can you help me find the right one, please? Mm-hmm. 
Please help uh, me find my box. But yeah, he says, thank you so much for helping me. If you ever need anything, just, I don't know, make a wish or something. I did want to praise is something inc- in this scene. Yeah, which is, yeah, go ahead. I don't know if it was, in fact, Matt Smith wearing the spacesuit, because we don't see his face at any point here, because the helmet's on backwards. Whoever is in that thing and is walking around in a backwards spacesuit, it looked really, really funny. Yeah, it was Matt Smith's I, like comedy body act. I also want to say, Madge's actress is not bad. Uh, she's given it's just that she's given a character who's written to be just an absolute freak. Uh-huh. Yeah, Madge, like, I, and not in the thing, way that we like. Madge like does a thing later in the episode. Some things later in the episode that I was like, there was nothing. I'm nothing in this a, episode is, foreshadows some of the things she does, except for the fact that wait, she's a mum. And mums are strong. She but is a mummy now. She's Madge a strong had been, mum. Like literally, like there's points in this episode where if Madge had been like a a three foot tall, rotund, fuzzy creature, like it would have made more sense for the episode. <laughs> if she was one of the puppy dog men from Flux, exactly. If, like if, if she Madge was some was sort like... of just beast, then mm-hmm. then like her actions would make more sense. She was like a she was like a, a fiercely protective gnome matron. Mm. Um, so, uh, Madge is home, her husband says, uh-oh, war were declared, and then, uh, and then... Well, no, he's <laughs> reading about the war. Madge, and, and, the, the looming like, war. like, oh, stop reading Don't... about that war, it's never going to be war I voted for Neville Chamberlain, and I know that we're not going to go to war anytime soon with There's Germany. basically a folks. comedy smash cut here where Madge all but says... It would suck if you died in a war. <laughs> Cut to three years later. Mayday! Mayday! We're going we're down! We're dying in the war! BJ Blazkowicz made yeah. the cannon! I was also thinking about the intro scene to New Order. In, Great game. In that scene. Love to see it. Mayday! Um, mayday! I just realized that this episode yes. is called The Doctor, the Widow, and the Wardrobe, and I'm her husband. Uh-oh! Uh-oh! I love that he's like, he looks at the picture of, of Madge, and he's like... Maybe he crashed the plane because he wasn't keeping his eyes on the sky road because he was too busy looking at a picture of his wife. Just a thought. Yeah, he, just he crashed into a car in the sky. <laughs> uh, we cut to uh, Madge. Uh, it's, I think, like Christmas Eve Eve. It's like Christmas Eve and she's holding on to the telegram. She's like sleeping with the telegram that said her husband exploded in the sky. Uh, I'm assuming that she just got that telegram earlier that night, mm-hmm. but it's not super clear, but... Her husband is missing and presumed dead. Uh, it, now it's uh, it's Christmas morning, what, Eve morning, what, mm-hmm. and the kids are like, "Mummy, will Daddy be at what Christmas daddy? dinner with what Uncle dad- Digby?" Where's Daddy? Has my Daddy not been exploded yet, Mummy? And she says, "Your Nazis father is very alive." Daddy, <laughs> Did the Nazis blast my dad? <laughs> Did he get vaporized by a Nazi Did shell, Mummy? Did he get mommy? turned into a skeleton? I, that would well, be ever no, so wonderful. Didn't. Is my Daddy a bloated corpse in the ocean, Mummy? Um, um, she says, "No, none of those things. He'll be he'll be at Christmas dinner, I swear." And then I think she that, I makes think that, a wish for the doctor to... Which he hears and responds to you somehow. So this is unclear, by the way, because... The doctor is wishable. When I say that she makes a wish, what I mean is that we see Cyril and Lily making a wish on a wishbone in the background, and then she kind of closes her eyes, presumably making and a then wish. something insane happens, which is we... But I want to know what her wish is... I wish the doctor would be zany would be zany at me 
Oh, I mean, so oh, it, weird spaceman, please help my. I wish that take... weird spaceman. She keeps calling him like her spaceman angel. Angel, yeah. And then when they make the wish, um, the camera zooms through the eyepiece of Cyril's, uh, Cyril's, uh, telescope, telescope. And we see like ET shot, but with the doctor, like, silhouetted against the moon in his TARDIS like I'm gonna be Mary Poppins now I totally missed that that's really cool my headcanon for this is that I they one well there's two possibilities because this episode is dog shit but (laughs) one is the doctor is literally just a magic man um and he's literally Mary Poppins the second one is he just did some 23 and me um after meeting her and she's like okay what's the worst point What's the worst point in this woman's life? (laughs) (laughs) I granted Um, your wish. So it's me. They. I was a little confused about this. Lauren says that this is basically just a reference to what happens in the line. The line. I haven't read that since I was a kid. Oh yeah, they they they, they're like leave London to avoid the Blitz, so they mm -hmm. go out to like this castle. Uh, type place. It's their Uncle Digby's big mansion, but he's not here, and there's like. There's, like, tablecloths over everything, and it's all, like, dusty. Everyone, I mean, I think, I feel like everyone in, in England has an Uncle Digby somewhere. Mm-hmm. No, they all share the same Uncle Digby. Like, there's a lot of land in that in, in that country, and, in, in like... And there's a lot so of Uncle Digby's. And so, yeah, I think everyone has, like, an Uncle Digby. And maybe it's, like, a timeshare situation where they all have <laughs> one Uncle Digby, and they pay. rotate... If you his pay misused manor, her his disused manor house. Yes, you have to pay, and you know your children may be paying for the disused manor home for the rest of their lives when you die. Please don't, please don't pay for Uncle Digby's mansion. Mm-hmm. It's a terrible idea. Well, the they they get there and they're like, "Where is the where's the caretaker, Mister Cardu? He's supposed to be here." Now, I have to assume that the doctor murdered this yeah, old man. I, I, I think that the doctor. I think that maybe Mister Cardu died in the blitz. I, my idea is that he got telefragged when the TARDIS was materializing. <laughs> Has the TARDIS ever like TARDIS into a person? I, well, I actually, we do know lot. that it can TARDIS around someone. Because I was going to say, yeah, Jack it, Harkness and the Doctor. Yeah, they, it TARDIS yeah, is around. If he's them, not yeah. expecting it, it just TARDIS is on. Or can it the materialized TARDIS be... around uh, Mister Cardu, and the Doctor was like, "Ah, great, I'll be taking your identity," and then he hacked off his head. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the Doctor invites them in, and things get very, very whimsical, very fast. Oh, like, it's he's so too, full it's, of whimsy. We were talking, we were talking last week about what da- uh, Rusty Davies was watching. Uh, the enemy must have been watching Mary Poppins before he wrote this. I, there's no other explanation. We literally see he's like, and now the sitting room, children, and then the fucking furniture just, and then he's like, he's oh, he says uh, he, for anyone like, who doesn't know what the fuck that meant, the furniture starts dancing around, starts dancing around, and then he's like. Now to your bedrooms. Here's the sciency yncy. Qu- I feel so, I feel so fucking bad. Why did they? Make, this is not even Matt Smith's thing. That wasn't his it's episode. Not his that thing. Said, it's that not was his David thing. Tennant who said tiny wine. Hey, Why I don't spoil point? it. I haven't heard him say it yet. Okay, whatever. I just I I hate it so much. And uh, for the record, I want to say on the record, I don't think that the tiny wimey line itself. I think in context, it's fine. Uh, but, uh, uh, the uh, proliferation uh, of it. Yes, the rest of the things that happened because of it was, uh. Cause isn't the joke of him describing something as wibbly wobbly timey wimey, isn't the joke like, 
it's it's literally not worth explaining. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's like he can't. It's a, he doesn't feel like putting it into. Yeah, basically. Yeah. But now, now, blanky blanky is just the eleventh Doctor's way of going. Uh, but yeah, I'm he just the quirkiest, quirkiest boy. The children's bedroom is so quirky. There's all kinds of silly things and funny things and whimsical things. And then there's no, where are the beds? Oh, there's hammocks, children. The funnest of the beds. Hibbledy dibbledy. He like tries to do like a, like a fly, a running oh, he jump was into like, the hammock. He was trying to get that Danny Pink award is what he was doing. Um, I might have given it to him. When he pops up landed. after that scene. Like, I, I definitely think it wouldn't have been out of character for Magister Lewis blowing a hole in his head. Oh, and then I will say, um, we don't do... I thought you were going to say, uh, Matt Smith does a running jump, misses the hammocks, and then Peter Capaldi stands up. <laughs> we don't do, uh... We what don't the do... fuck? Where am I? Where am I? We don't do cool teen or cool time moments on this show. The but, segment uh, that we, mine, I think, talked about once and then forgot. My um, cool time moment for this episode <laughs> is the part when Madge says, Stop! Just shut up. Just shut the fuck up, <laughs> And dude. I was like, <laughs> thank you, Match. Thank you. Yeah, Somebody no, said it. I, I, there I, I there is a running joke throughout all of this as the doctor is, like, showing off the house and all the dumb shit that he's done to it. Where, and I can't tell how this joke was supposed to come across. But he, like, shows them the the dancing furniture and he's, like, installed a lemonade tap in the kitchen. Oh, and every so time silly. he shows them this stuff, they're like, what? And he goes, I know. But... The fact that the mom in the background is just seething the whole time and it's completely going over his head how angry she is is pretty funny. Also, I'm sorry, I can't keep this, I can't keep this, I can't keep this to myself anymore. Uh, One incredibly important thing to remember about this episode and not to like just sound like we're mimicking the last episode is that uh, Match has a gun. (laughs) Let's just have a gun. And she I just, it's important to think that she, about the fact that she, I don't think we see her pick up the gun at any point. I think she just has the gun. She just, she's just carrying that thing. Is there, is there, did I miss a scene? Like, seriously, can someone no, tell me? She did just I, has a gun. She just I will pulls say, a gun that's, out. that's yeah. the thing. It's that her name should have been oh, Matt, Matt, Madge, uh, what Matt. the, what the fuck is Wilfred's? Oh, Madge Mott. Madge Mott, yeah. Her name should have been <laughs> No, because oh, when Wilfred, what, when Wilfred has a gun, it's. When Wilfred has a gun, it's wonderful and, and amazing. And when yeah. Madge has a gun, I just said, why the fuck does this wow, lady God have a forbid gun? a woman do anything. We did, we didn't establish her. I'm pretty sure the idea is that she's armed because it's the war and they're afraid of getting invaded and probably a lot of people were carrying weapons at the time. Yes. No, definitely. I just think that we should have seen a shot of her picking up a gun. <laughs> this is one of those things, Jordan, where I think we just need to accept the fact that if you're British and you're watching this, you get it. <laughs> Maybe you're really afraid that Bill Bailey is going to come into your life somehow. <laughs> I'm I'm the opposite. I'm, I would I, love I'm, it if Bill Bailey, I would love it if Bill yeah, Bailey would, came into my I'm life. I'm not, but you know, that's the thing, is that she's a British woman in World War II, and we don't know how they felt about Bill Bailey back then. <laughs> things have changed. Uh, there's a couple more things I want to highlight from the house tour. Uh, I did enjoy the the joke of him showing them the staircase in the entrance hall, uh, and... I'm pretty sure that he said that he converted it into an escalator, but it's broken down, which I thought was yeah. pretty funny. That's pretty good. Uh, he also says, uh, my bedroom is up in the attic. Don't go near it because it's full of panthers. So, there will be so. a payoff to that later. 
um, when one of the Madge, children is killed by a panther. Yeah, Madge. It's uh, really really fucked up to see that Lily was killed by a panther. Oh well. Madge is like so fed up with the uh, with the doctor. She sends the kids downstairs, and she's like, "Listen, um, my husband is dead." And I can't tell them because I don't want them to be, I don't want to ruin Christmas for my kids for the rest of their lives. Um, the doctor says something so crazy to me here where he's like, he's like, he's like, you're yelling at them because, what does he say? He's like, you're, he says yelling-, you're yelling at them because you're seeing how happy they are and it breaks your heart knowing that they'll be sad later. But that the fact that they'll be sad is so later fucked. is why they should be happy now. I That's think so this fucked. was a good scene. I think this was all written. I, I don't like it. This like, but I think that that's a, a you know that that having to withhold it, being alone and having to deliver this like traumatic news to your two young kids is going to take a really serious toll on someone, and sometimes that gets externalized. In, in I don't think yeah um, not to mention her husband is dead yeah i don't like, think that the, i don't think that the conflict that madge is experiencing is is bad um i think that the way the show handles it is uh wild um, yeah, all i um, hear from no, you Jordan, the way is that, that conflict is resolved i don't woman. think this woman i don't think this woman is very strong is basically what i'm trying to say <laughs> well, well wait till you find pro, out yeah you wait until you see the rest of the episode Jordan. this woman yeah <laughs> this woman isn't just a mother she's a mom <laughs> and that makes all the difference I don't um, know what that means. Uh, ask, take it up with Steven. Take um, it up with the enemy. <laughs> uh, we also see in the, like, the living room a giant, like, comedy sci-fi Christmas tree and a big box. Um, that's Sorry. the Christmas present. Can I, can I interrogate what you meant by sci-fi Christmas tree? It's got, like, <laughs> multiple tiers of, like, rotating... Did it? Like, mechanisms, yeah. Oh. It's my insane. my eyes just glaze over when I see a Christmas you don't, tree. You don't give a fuck about it's a, a Christmas it's a greebly ass tree. What can I say? Um, the the tree looking like Steppenwolf. I gotta say, so we learn later that this box. It, it's very important that nobody opens this box unsupervised. And I'm I, okay, say, I mean, okay. are we gonna talk? We gotta we talk just get into in this right now. That yeah. this is one of the stupidest things the doctor has ever done. <laughs> ever done. It's it's, it's for Christmas, basically like criminal children, child endangerment. This this man gave this these children a box that has a portal, a space time portal in it. Which, if only the doctor had a, spot, a box that could take you anywhere in space and time, that he could take the kids on and give them a fun adventure. To okay. I don't know, usually something something like the planet of Hitler Four or something. But no, the important thing here is that death. this portal, this portal needs to be preset to take you to a specific planet that he's pretty sure nothing bad has ever he's happened. He's been here loads of times and nothing bad has happened. Now I want to talk about you know about, what's between this portal and the outside world. Is I it more than say, one layer of wrapping paper? <laughs> I will say there's a very funny thing, which is in the ideal version of this adventure, it kind of would have been a shitty time anyway, because they would have just been a, in a cold, snowy forest with some cool trees. No, yes, they would have been. The they doctor been took, uh, let me tell you what they would have been in. They would have been in a blighted wasteland harvested for fuel by aspirin. No, no, no. I'm well, saying no, no, the no, version if he, of this if journey took that them the doctor one yeah. day before. Okay. If okay. if we got that version of the day that the doctor wanted them to get, they would have been just walking around in a cold, snowy forest. Well, this is what's so important to understand. Because he gifts them a portal to an alien planet that he says, he insists, after finding out how wrong it's he safe. was, it's, I've, it's 
always been the safest planet I've ever known. He has a time machine. He could have checked to make sure, are we still good? No, 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 But instead, he didn't. And you know what he did? Is he (laughs) He gave them a portal and he sniped it. He said, I'm going to send them to the one time on this planet (laughs) that the apocalypse happens. Yeah, is this, is, he did, and he forgot to check, you know, oh, is this planet the Texas oil fields? I'm taking my I'm taking these children to the to the Texas oil fields on the day of melting. <laughs> on melting I'm day. taking I'm taking the kids to see the dinosaurs. I I'm pretty sure that I'm not sending them to get I, blown up by an asteroid. He also he also the strip mine. He also did a thing where he put this pocket dimension portal to the melting day planet in a box wrapped as a Christmas present, which one thing you got to know about children is they never, ever, ever, ever have ever in the history of, of children or Christmas have ever opened their presents early or done any Especially when they the see sword. them glowing bright white through the paper. They would okay, never... I, the doctor's a, a, a psychopath. We're, we're talking psychopath. a lot ahead, so let's, uh-huh, let's uh-huh. just back up and, and go through what happens here. So, yeah, the kids see this present... And they're like, I like this new caretaker. He's funny. He's and a funny so man. smexy. I'm, I'm 19 years yeah. old, Ooh. she says. And I just want to work a fucking gift set of this boy. <laughs> <laughs> and so that night, uh, it's Christmas Eve. Uh, Cyril wants to look at the present. Lily says, shut up and go to sleep, you stupid piece of shit. And then... <laughs> Madge, meanwhile, she is in bed uh, in her room holding the telegram. She hears the sonic screwdriver buzzing from upstairs and assumes that it's Panthers or whatever. Lily, meanwhile, you know, she might be 45 years old, but she's playing a child. So she is like, haha, now that Cyril's asleep, I'm going to go look at the present. But then she ends up investigating the, the sonic screwdriver noises from upstairs and then Cyril himself sneaks downstairs. There is a joke here that I liked where Lily finds the doctor like working on some TARDIS stuff in the attic and says, you were lying about the Panthers. And the doctor says, famous last words. I did. I did like that. That was a cute line. It's a um, solid joke. I also, I think I have, I also have like difficulty believing that it's all the fucking tchotchkes around this house, that the sonic screwdriver would be the only thing going dwee-wee-wee-wee-wee in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> There's like 500, like, actively That's, running train yeah. sets in every yeah. room. I really like this... There's carbon this, monoxide this, flowing into the house. I really like the, the subtitles <laughs> say... The subtitles here say electrical noises, and it's like so obviously the sound of the sonic screwdriver, but then a little part of my mind was like, well, I trust the subtitles. Maybe it's not the sonic screwdriver. What could it be? I mean, I trusted the subtitles when I thought that the Twelfth Doctor said, I've put a vault to God. What did he say? I've got a vault to guard. (laughs) You know, sometimes they don't get, they don't always get it right, you know? (laughs) It's a hard job. So many accents. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that's some fucking Westeros is an accent <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> fucking oh, uh, from from Pega, from Pega, yeah. yeah. Ring the bells, wrong the boss, the boss. Sorry, okay, we, can't, we can't to bring up. That's Pika. that's a very specific reference. But I think about it all the fucking time. I, I will encourage anyone and everyone to listen to, to listen post to Game of Thrones, especially the episode "Wrong DeVos." Listen to the whole podcast, but maybe especially listen to the season eight episode. Well, maybe maybe start after Brooks gets maybe a new s- mic, but uh-huh. 
<laughs> um, so the so Cyril, the worst boy I've ever seen in my life. I hate this kid. Um, Why do you hate him a, so much? He's just a look shitty. At, he's just an awful boy. He's just you a just said he's a shitty boy. Coke bottle glasses. No, like, he sucks. You know who he looks like? His eyes are so big. Yeah, I hate those Coke bottle. This kid glasses. looks like Drew Carey. <laughs> That's mean to Drew Carey. <laughs> He does. He looks like Steven Root in Office he looks Space. Like, he looks like a mix of, like, what if you tried to do, like, Drew Carey mixed with, like, Ron Howard when he was, like, playing Winthrop in The Music Man is what this, this, what kid, this little boy looks like. He looks like. like a future arsonist. I'm gonna kill this kid. <laughs> this kid. This kid's racist. He's, he's such a sure. yeah. This is, this is, uh, what's this guy's, Clasco? This is little Clasco. This is little Clasco. One, one day he's gonna grow up and use time travel to try, he's gonna grow up From the makers of travel. Young Sheldon. <laughs> young This guy wishes he was Young Sheldon. Young Have Sheldon you ever wondered how Clasco became such a racist? Such a racist? <laughs> Why was he so, how was he, how was he so far in the future? Uh, well, he he's literally a time another, traveler. He climbed through another one of oh, the doctors' presents. Oh, they didn't presents. say when he started time traveling. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this shitty boy. Yeah, he uh, actually was a Doctor Who companion. <laughs> the shitty boy opens the box up and he finds a wonderful, whimsical forest. Um, sorry, I want to get very quickly sidetracked. I mm-hmm. I read that in it's like the Doctor Who official encyclopedia or some shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says that Cyril is the youngest ever Doctor Who companion. These, well, okay, no. all right, sure, yep, okay. No, you have to get in the fucking TARDIS to be a companion. Well, you that's what I was the, gonna ask. Yeah, is this our first episode that straight up has no companion? Uh, no, we've, I mean, I, I guess if you count Lady Christina D'Souza, I, I think of her as a one-off companion. Uh, yeah, I that's true. So. I, I looked back on this episode at the end and I was like, I don't think I would consider any of these characters companions. Well, there's a companion in the episode. Yeah, but you be like that. Like it, like the entire forest is a fucking companion if anyone's a companion in this episode. It's hard for me, it's hard for me to remember what, <laughs> whether these characters are still on the show, so I was a little bit surprised what you, what you There is up. no goddamn way in hell. Oh, there is a companion <laughs> you, in this episode. You got on my case for thinking episode. that a shilder would come back after the cliffhanger with her. And now you think that Cyril is gonna come back in season 35. You're talking to me? I'm no, saying I'm saying, Amy Pond I'm, I'm saying that, yeah, Amy Pond was in this episode, and I thought I was like, "There's no way Amy Pond and Rory haven't been like fed to the wood chipper or whatever." <laughs> oh, I thought you were saying that no, Cyril no, might come no, back. No, 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 no. Amy Pond and the pre- Amy Pond gets fed into the wood chipper. This is pre-wood chipping for the Ponds, yeah. yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> but Cyril will come back as a companion for anyway. The, the next five minutes of this special. episode are Cyril crawling in and out of a cardboard box, <laughs> and there's a whimsical forest. Like it. fucking shitter, get off the pot, kid. He <laughs> crawls into the box, and it's a winter wonderland. And then he crawls back out, and then he hears creepy whispers. Instead of Mr. Tomness, there's. Did, did the doctor check to see if growing. there was Asisusasus uh, on the planet? I'm always checking for Asisusasus. I'm, I'm, you know, that's the first thing I'm checking for if I'm on a planet. Is, is it are breathable? There, yeah, are is there, there Asisusasus? Asisusasus. <laughs> uh, How do you he, spell that, please? Um, A-S-I-S-U-S-A-S-U. Yeah, Asisusasus. <laughs> Anyway, so, so he finds the Asisu Sasus and they're like, and he finds these, these trees with these silver ornaments on it, which 
we learn later this is the one reason the doctor wanted to take these children to this planet was because the the trees grow things that kind of look like ornaments. Yeah, yeah he, he says it's a naturally occurring Christmas tree. It or kind of excretes like an ornament, kind of like how pearls are like uh, clam cum or whatever they are. It's just, I know that's not right. I know that's no, not, not right. But for the accurate. I know that's not right. But for the purpose of this joke, uh, I think these are just the tree like busting a fat one. <laughs> well, no, th- this is it basically spores it's giving birth. Yeah. <laughs> this is how the little Cyril gets infected. <laughs> yeah, I mean, little Cyril does get infected in this episode. He does get infected. Uh, also, the uh, the ornament like grows really big, and then it falls on the ground, and it hatches like an egg. And then Cyril crawls back out of the cardboard box, and then he hears some asisusasus and crawls back <laughs> into the box. That's the insane thing! It's like, what's the, what's the fucking thing starts Make hatching? I don't mind, go back you in! Rat. Make up your damn mind. Also, uh, there's like a, some kind of, the doctor says there's some kind of like time difference in and out of the portal. So in the time that he's outside of the portal, whatever came out of the Christmas ornament, like grows feet and walks away. Um, so that's also a Narnia thing. Is that right? Oh yeah. 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 I do remember that. that. Um, Uh, Anyway, so the doctor and Lily find that Cyril is out of bed. They run downstairs, uh, they hear the Asisusasus, <laughs> this is where the doctor... Okay, I, yeah. I, I've been dying to say this. Uh-huh. The doctor says, oh my god, I can't believe he opened it. It wasn't ready. Who opens their Christmas presents early? And I know that we could all I focus on the, who opens sure. their presents early. What I'm fascinated by is... What does it mean that it wasn't ready? Yeah. Uh, he like, was going to put something in this that he was going to check to see if it was Belting Day. Like, because... I do think that it is, it is lampshaded in the episode. To be fair, it is lampshaded in the episode that the Doctor's being a gigantic dumbass. Th- I don't accept that. that. But, yeah. That is worse than than just having we a can't, plot hole. We can't blame this on Fucker's Folly. I will not allow it. Is, it. I, I Ooh, think is it this is. the first time we give out the Fucker's Folly award? Did he get the award think, for Fucker's I Folly? Think, I do think the Doctor had very strong Fucker's Folly this episode. I don't know why he really did it. the only the reason we're mad about this is because it's inconsistent with his characterization, like, even, even though he's, like, a, a dipshit. Like, this but, is a bit okay, too here's dipshit what I for know. him. Here's what I want to know, because he says the present wasn't ready. And if you combine that with his comment from before about how, uh, oh yeah, he says here, he's like, oh, Cyril is probably, he probably has like a 20 minute head start because of the way that time flows differently on the inside of this portal. Is he saying, oh no, the present wasn't ready. I wanted to take you tomorrow morning (laughs) into the apocalypse after the forest (laughs) has been destroyed. (laughs) I needed to make sure it wasn't melting day. Yeah, maybe he just doesn't know what people like. Like, maybe he's just, (laughs) maybe he hit his head. I thought you'd like it. What if he hit his head a little bit harder than he'd like to admit when he crashed from space? Several years ago. He just has, like, brain damage. Remind you, this. Three years have passed for, since that incident. Well, for Madge, three years have passed. Yeah, Who knows for how long Doctor, it's, been for it's probably him. been five it's seconds. It's been two hundred fifty years. He, he still has a concussion. I mean, it's it's legitimately possible that he popped over here while I mean, I in if, the village called Christmas. If Doctor, if if the Doctor doesn't have Fucker's Folly in this episode, then Cyril does. I, oh, I mean, so many characters exhibit Fucker's Folly in this. Madge does it later. She, I mean, he's also got Fucker's Folly actively choosing to come to a place on Christmas when he has experienced what Christmas usually does to him. Yeah. 
<laughs> He's like, is this gonna be the one? Is Should it gonna we explain happen? Fucker's Folly? I don't think we've talked about it. It's properly when someone does something for no reason, right? It's it's basically when a character acts completely out of any logic in order to make the plot proceed. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was uh, a term that I coined to describe myself uh, sweeping the entire house while actively late for class. Weren't you like trying to get on a bus and you just? Yeah, I was. I I was running late for the bus, and I decided to sweep the entire place. <laughs> it was a good choice, I think. I don't. I don't know why I did it, and while I did it, I was like, "Why am I doing this?" It's but probably I some underlying from doing it. Underlying psychological reason, I gotta say. So yeah, the doctor's like, "Why am I? Why am I taking these children to Something's this melting give, to this you know? this <laughs> to the planet on melting day?" Um, yeah. So that's that's where the doctor is at here. He's like, "I need to." <laughs> I need to make sure that I take them to Melting Day. Uh, so they go into the portal. Um, they they find the footprints, Cyril's footprints, and also another set of footprints that's getting bigger and bigger. There were two footprints in the snow because Jesus was the same time. Um, One of those I, a very big wooden man. I did like uh, the doctor's line here. It's it's another another one of those things where they're just kind of like hand waving away the wacky concepts of the show in a way that I actually found charming. Where mm-hmm. uh, he says like, "Yeah, these trees they like naturally grow into a form that we perceive as Christmas trees." And she's like, "What are the odds of that?" And he's like, oh, "It's a big universe. Everything happens somewhere." There's also trees called that, and they're called conifers. There's a, somewhere uh, in the universe, uh, there's a planet where Halo is real. Somewhere in the universe, there's a village called Christmas. And there's a village called why. Christmas. I mean, we do establish <laughs> on the planet the, of uh, on the, the metaphysical of soul does exist. The ether is real. Santa exists. Wait. Santa Did does we, not exist. God exists, though. Because God Satan does exists. exist. God exists, and she's Missy. I am still. <laughs> I, I can't remember if I've talked about it on the podcast. Every day, I become more and more convinced that the entirety of Doctor Who season eight, nine, I already forgot, is going to turn out to be in a dream. That is it's so a, cranked. It's a, it's a fucking so gas fucking leak cranked. season. That's so fucking cranked, dude. I can't, I will not ascribe to this theory. Doctor Who gas leak season. I'm sorry, I don't think that they come out of their of their brain crab reverie at the end of Last Christmas. I think they're still in it. <laughs> I think that they never come out of it, and you know, the 14th Doctor, 15th Doctor, it's all it's all crabs, baby. Oh my See, god, look, in, yeah, in, in the new in the special that's airing soon, David Tennant is there, and he's like, why is there a big hole in my skull. <laughs> Why yeah. do I have that ice cream? If, pain, if you look in the background of every episode, you can see Nick Frost as Santa Claus. That creamy, <laughs> that ice creamy, weemy pain in my brain. He says, "Okay, so uh, they hear Asasusus. What well, I already forgot. Uh, <laughs> Asasusus. Asasusus. They hear more Asasusus. And he looks into one of the Christmas ornaments. I can't. And his reflection. And there's no reason that this happens, as it turns out. But his reflection turns into a wooden man his reflection <laughs> turns into a weeping show without making a neologism um his his reflection turns into a weeping angel yeah that also Asisu Sasu is definitely one of my favorite mesopotamians <laughs> fuck you um the uh yeah i like speak so let's talk about wooden men right i like the wooden men I kind of like the wooden man. No, I. I mean, I like I. I've I've had the wooden know, Cyberman, and this is just yeah, not exactly. Doing it for me. Yeah, I was but the say, costumes this is the are closest, really good. This is that's the closest true. I'm, I'm, I'm being unfair, man. considering that this happened before that episode. Anyway, no, the wooden the wooden men are good. I'm sorry, it was a prototype for good for the best 
wooden man. And like, it does look hero. like they're living wooden men when they move around. It looks very good. You're right. I'm I'm being very harsh, very unfair. They, and, it you know, is it's good. okay. It is I understand. Has the boy gone into the spooky tower yet? Yeah, this is what he's doing right now. Okay, yeah, that's what happens yeah. here. Also, Madge finds the portal and climbs into. Uh, so, yeah, he finds a spooky tower, and he goes inside. There's a wooden man sitting in a chair. Uh, he ignores it, and when he turns his back on it, it blinks! Have we mentioned that the Doctor and Lily have also gone yeah, into the portal? Yeah, they're also okay. in. Just yeah, they were everyone's, Christmas everyone's in Christmas Town, and, uh, and... Yeah, Cyril is in a in the tower with the wooden man. It's a small miracle that this anybody is when, managed to find this anybody is the scene, else in this, this episode. This is the scene that kills me dead. The doctor tells Lily, this is one of the safest planets I've ever been to in my life. <laughs> they will never melt this planet. They will never. And I couldn't be bothered to use my time machine to make sure that it would stay that never, way before I, I send the I have never taken here. one of my companions on a, an adventure to somewhere that turned out to be it's, lethal. It's, like, why? Wh- who? Whom would threaten the sanctity of oil planet, the planet made of oil? <laughs> the planet made of beautiful oil that we love to see that also <laughs> that has is made I forgot. I totally forgot yeah. why the planet is going to get melted. It's because the trees are full of battery acid. Yeah. I also love the fact that, that they chose the planet of sentient Christmas yeah, trees. Yeah, do you think that, that the have sen- so do you think that the sentience the sentience has like it's this it's the sentience that makes it such good fuel? It's definitely the little crystal glowy soul. It's yes. the soul. It's literally And Ugh. <laughs> There is precedent for that from one of the all time most forgettable episodes of Doctor Who, forty two. They're illegally they're scooping from they're a scooping. star. They're scooping! They're scooping! Because the star is sentient. But they're doing it the right way. Sentient they makes checked. rocket ships go farther. That's right. They t- it's yeah, the Omelas that's, Law. That's, that's why, literally yeah. what happens at the end it's, of... It's like Wind's Law. At the end of 42, the survivors of that ship went home and said, We've discovered something amazing. We need to start scooping harder than ever before. They should have we need discovered to be looking for sentient stars like, to scoop. If only, if only the fucking tree people had discovered that they could have just made Cyril suffer and gotten wherever they wanted to go. Well, he was not strong enough. No, but he, but the, the there's nothing more powerful in the universe than the suffering of a single child. <laughs> <laughs> It's yeah, so the so the wooden people they they rig up Cyril to a torture machine. Chrome. <laughs> um, uh, so, so Madge is looking for her kids in the forest, and the ground starts shaking, and a big mech suit thing almost crushes her. And there's like a voice on the intercom that's like, "You're trespassing. This is a private tree farm." And space marines pour out of the robot's foot, and one of them is Bill Bailey, and I was like, oh wow, Bill Bailey, and then he's in the episode episode. for maybe 45 seconds. I can't believe this is the only fucking episode of Doctor Who is he's in. Wasted! He's so wasted on this episode. It's so funny, though, it would not be a Christmas special if there wasn't, like, several comedians making Uh incredibly forgettable and not very funny appearances on the show. I do think that the lady (laughs) of the group is, is pretty funny. I think that are these all comedians, is, is or is it just two randos in Bill Bailey? She know. is also a comedian. I didn't recognize her, but yeah, Wikipedia said she's also. So a they're comedian. doing like they're doing classic Moffat style humor, where you know they're like one of them keeps trying to shoot Madge, and and he's like scanning her, and he's like, ah, she does have a weapon, sir. No, that's she's wearing wool. It mixes them up sometimes. Ha ha. He he. So her name is uh, Arabella Weir. 
And yeah, uh, she is a, a comedian, actress, and writer. The other guy is Paul Baisley, who is an actor. They got their three funniest space marines to man the oil destruction planet. They 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 said, Bill Bailey, we want you to come on and we want you to make no jokes. No jokes. No. Not a, not a one. Bill, can um, you fucking take this seriously? Bill, why are you trying to riff here? Shut up. Was, this is there a was serious some, episode. Yeah, oh there my was god. Some good jokes and then Stephen Moffat said. <laughs> I, Jordan, I'm, and, and also Giga and all of our listeners, I'm sorry for uh, talking about Graham Linehan's show, The IT Crowd. You can, I, th- yeah. I thought that the other guy looked familiar. He is the guy that Catherine Parkinson's character is on a date with, who they say looks like a magician. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. He's from that so, episode. That's all I have to say about there you that. Go. Yeah, but the lesson. No, Graham, Graham Linehan would love this episode. A worthy digression. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, Match starts crying because Bill Bailey isn't making any jokes. Um, oh well, it's actually it says right here on Wikipedia: critical reception to the episode was positive, though some felt that the high-profile comedic guest stars Bill Bailey and Arabella Weir were underused. Yeah, they didn't do shit. They no didn't do fucking shit. Kidding. Arabella no Wood was jokes. moderately used. Could and we Bill have Bailey okay? Not used. I'm sorry. They should have had Bill Bailey play uh, Santa Claus um, instead of Nick Frost. It would have been way better. Dude, that Santa Claus is not... Bill Bill Bailey would have done a good like, Santa yeah, episode. He, he needs to be Bill Bailey in more media. I feel yeah. like a Bill Bailey-like Santa Claus would be very <laughs> wait, good. Wait. Also, while we're talking about it, Bill Bailey yeah. needs to go on Taskmaster. There I yeah, said there we go. God, he needs to go on Taskmaster. He might just be too high profile. Taskmaster. It's, it's tax where they master. just tax people. Yeah. That's USA, am I right? <laughs> Uh, Cyril then climbs to the top of the tower, and we see a a, a lady wooden lady wearing holding a crown uh, in front of a throne that that makes. Uh, Sorry, we we makes... completely <laughs> skipped over the scene with the space marines. Yeah, well, they just do some riffing. They do and some riffing, like, and then she match points. You're around. a time traveler. What are you doing here? No, there's She's a wearing... very important thing that happens here. Mm. Mm. She starts crying. Mm. Yeah. Because she's using her woman's strength. It's also really funny to me, uh, now that I think about it, that they scan her and they say, oh, she has a weapon. She's dangerous. And she, and then he says, no, wait, this thing mixes up wool and, uh, and weapons sometimes. But then we learn later that she actually does no, have a gun on but her. But yeah, so like, it, it was a false positive that turned out to be an actual positive. It wasn't a false positive. It was just a positive. Mm-hmm. She had a gun on her. But I'm we sorry didn't know to keep that. being on Wikipedia and talking about comedians. <laughs> Uh, the actress who plays Madge is named Claire Skinner, and apparently she is married to Hugh Dennis. Fun fact. Mm. Ah, Hugh Dennis from Taskmaster and other things, presumably. <laughs> and other things. Um, okay, so Cyril He's on Mock finds, the Week for like 20 years. If you put the crown on, mm-hmm. you turn into Bowsette. <laughs> I was just no, thinking so about there was a difference. funny things that happened yeah, to me. Can I say? What the Bowsette reference in the year of our Lord twenty. Year of Waluigi well, 2023. Literally, literally yesterday, uh, I was watching a friend of a friend uh, streaming Super Mario Galaxy, mm-hmm. and people in the chat started talking about Bowsette, and I was like, oh yeah, Bowsette is like, I think it's like Peach picks up an item and becomes Bowsette, no. and then everyone in the chat was like, no, you idiot, no, that wasn't real. That wasn't real. <laughs> 
I people thought it was, posted so hard that I thought that Bowsette was real. I thought it was like you put on a crown and no. you turn into yeah, it's, it's so that Toadette can it. pick yeah. up a crown and become Peachette. Oh, so what so if Bowser, Bowser picks up the crown? And yeah, because <laughs> now see you wouldn't have that in this episode because uh, trans <laughs> is strong enough. Oh yeah, Bowser would become stronger. Mm-hmm. That would, Bowser yeah. would be committing transgenderism. Mm-hmm. Um, so Cyr- uh, Cyril is in the room with the crown. The Doctor and Lily are at the the foot of the tower, and uh, and then they find the wooden man and the. F- Big footprints. They go, wow, they're big. And then Matt Smith says clever three goddamn times in a he row. He says, and I quote, ding, ding, well, ding. outside of the quote, he says that the tower is just a bunch of trees that grew into the shape of a building. And then he says, and I quote, ooh, clever. I ding. love clever. Clever ding. old forest. Ding. And there's one more later in the episode. Yeah, we do get one more Clever later. count of four off the fucking charts. Uh, um, so he then, wonders, why does the forest... Why it's it's trying to trap people. It's trying to entice people into the tower. But why do they need people? Uh, meanwhile, uh, the space marines are trying to calm Madge down. Um, the the woman marine, who I I think we only get one of their names, which is useless. So thanks, guys. I don't know, frankly, I don't know why we even bother getting any of their names because they're barely in this episode. <laughs> the the but, strongest um, of the Marines. I had a, I just had a really dumb joke and I don't, it's not even really a joke. It's just a thought that popped into my head and I feel like it would be a disservice to share it, which was, we don't get her name, but her name is Woman Marine, Woman Marine, Woman Marine, Woman Marine. And that was just really bad. And I just, didn't uh, why did you say it? it? I don't, well, I just, felt I don't like know I if you misspoke to, oh. or if this was what you meant to say. You did say it would be a disservice to share it with us. And I think you were right. Yeah. You were right. I, I feel personally really... like my life has become worse. Woman Marine, uh, Woman Marine, Woman Marine. Anyways. The woman, the woman marine, using her woman's strength, says that it's bad optics to point a gun at a crying civilian woman. Uh, so Such they a all put their guns crying down. Civilian, you know, we learn that it's tr- the year fifty three forty five, and Madge says, "Well, I'm from England, nineteen forty one, and there's and a war how, on. This is how we do it. And crying my- is ever so useful, isn't it?" And then Bill Bailey says, "Please." I've I've not seen anything to convince me that there's any chance that you'd actually use that gun. And she says, oh, really? Well, I'm a mother, and I'm looking for my children. And then we do, like, a dramatic snap zoom. Oh, God, she's strong! She's strong! Fuck! Because it's a woman's strength. So Woman's like... strength is her children? Yeah, God, she's strong! She's strong! Everybody back She's up. got kids! She's a mom! Watch out! She's not just a mother! She's a mom! <laughs> Um, so the doctor and Lily are ascending the tower and I think they must have put like, there's no way she's as short as she is compared to Matt. Smith what do you think they're doing? Like, so, like, you think they're doing crate. like Hobbit? They're doing yeah, Hobbit I technology? Think, no, I think that they just put Matt Smith on a milk crate for some of the shots because her, her height varies. <laughs> Why couldn't they find someone younger? I don't understand. Um, so when, so the, like, he's trying to fucking blast his way through the door with the sonic screwdriver, but of course... Oh, sorry, I don't think we even mentioned the door. Cyril is in a room at the top of the tower, and the door, like, shuts behind him. Mm-hmm. And there's a wooden lady 
a, a, a very strong wooden person. Very a notably strong stronger woman person. Yeah, she's a very strong... She, because she has arms that could lift that heavy, I, heavy crown. I, I'm concerned with the amount that I'm focusing on this, that it'll sound like I don't think... That I'm, then I, I, <laughs> no, it's because it's you're doing because what I do, the... where you are, you are inventing a hypothetical listener to think <laughs> that we are sexist when yeah, what we're actually okay. doing is making fun making of fun Stephen Moffat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay, <laughs> just just to be clear, we're making fun of the main core theme of the episode, which is that nobody is stronger than a mother. Than a mother, yeah, just to be clear, not a mother. Hey, women, hey, women are hey. valuable because yeah, they no, can no, have not, babies. Not even All a mother can have Pull out my gun at you. Like, Don't what do you think would happen again. if 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 a if a like a, a trans man with a with a with a womb came into this tower? Would you think the like the wooden people would explode or something? I mean, that is very very similar to the Harry Potter unicorns. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to talk about fucking J.K. Rowling's takes on mean. gender. I, 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 on our, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This Jordan. podcast is supposed to be escapist for me to not have to. Th- but I but, need to but, just real quick. What? what? Oh, wh- unicorns! So like here's only like, here's yeah. the thing, and I I will shout out the Harry Potter reread podcast, the Shrieking Shack, because they they really opened my eyes to some stuff on this. Uh, but in Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, I'm sorry, Jordan, but I am going to talk about it. Uh, J.K. Rowling thought that it would be cool to write, very similarly to this storyline, by the way, because much like Rusty was watching uh, Goblet of Fire, uh, I think Stephen was reading Goblet of Fire when he wrote this. And there is a thing that is referenced a couple times over the course of the book, which is that the unicorns trust women and not men. So, like, if a man or, like, a boy tries to approach a unicorn, it'll be, like, very, very standoffish and, like, don't come near me. But a woman, using their their gentle woman powers, can get near a unicorn. And what the Shrieking Shack pointed out is there are a lot of mentions in Goblet of Fire about how Rita Skeeter is so looks mannish. mannish. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure... That there was going to be a twist where Rita Skeeter would go near a unicorn oh. and it would be like, get away from me. And uh, it would reveal. So this is supposed to be my escape. Okay. I, I wish well, I Well, you're asked. doing a podcast <laughs> so, about a piece of British media. Yeah, so this is, yeah I'm sorry. I'm sorry, John. You've chosen the wrong media I've chosen the wrong. I thought that I would, I never thought that there would be crossover between Doctor Who and Harry Potter. I never thought that there would be transphobia in British media. Yeah, I did also bring up Graham Linehan earlier, so sorry for that. Yeah, this is, it seems to be just like our, our, just like our fucking Avengers of Transphobia episode. Yeah, you got, you got, <laughs> that's why you, that's why you had me on specifically for this episode on purpose. Uh, we're just trying to it's torment just, you. Yeah, just expose me to as much transphobia as possible. <laughs> Blame Google Sheets for the RNG. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hide behind your fucking spreadsheet. I always <laughs> that's do. That's right. Anyway, uh, so the doctor does my favorite thing that the doctor can do, which is say that the sonic screwdriver can't open a door if it's made of wood. See, this is a reoccurring bit, uh, and I was like, you know, I'll I'll accept that, except that, you know, it does it. Well, I will say, usually with doors, most of the door is made out of wood, but the parts that involve an opening are usually made out of metal. One thing you gotta know about doors. It's not about wood or metal, it vibrates things. It just goes. Yeah, but you know, fiber. It's harder to it vibrate. Makes the sound, I don't it makes fucking the sound know. Of, it makes the sound of Christmas. It doesn't like wood. Whatever. I'm allowed. It's allowed to not like wood. It's their show. I also you know? dislike wood. 
I mean, That's, I wish all wood would be melted by acid. <laughs> well, I've got the episode for you. <laughs> oh boy, I hope it. I hope uh, it's good. The doctor takes a break from uh, rescuing the imperiled child to tell this little girl that everyone in the universe wants his dick. He says, it's, uh, "So this don't underestimate forests." I met the I, forest of Cheem once, and she fancied me. This is God. the most insane shit. Why? That's the, so. Why? You're glossing over here the fact that he says that. Every, the, there's there's these stars coming out of the trees, and he says that's pure life force. Yeah. Yep. Life yeah. force. Yeah. There's ether. Doctor People Hulu, of Earth, give me your energy. The metaphysical soul exists in Doctor Who. We already knew that. They already saw someone go to heaven and meet the master who was God. Okay, well you don't know what that is. <laughs> And I don't know what <laughs> no, that I is. Don't. I don't uh, know what it is either. I'm being clear here. But I know that it's not really heaven. Um, I will say, I, don't I wasn't that. thinking about it as souls. I was thinking about it as like... But he says souls! Does he say souls? He says literally, it's, it's basically... Even if he doesn't say souls, life force isn't real. It isn't Doctor Who. It is now. <laughs> they brought the master. How do you think they brought the master back? I don't know. They did some fucking magic. They grew him in. They a did vat. do magic. They fucking resurrected. But him, it was like, and what is more magic than Christmas? <laughs> I don't know. It, that's just that's just bringing the fucking master back using some witchcraft. I like that. There's a difference here. This is a bigger metaphysical question that's being answered. And I don't oh yeah, like I mean. It. The implications of of this are really really strange. It's uh, bizarre, and I don't. Oh, like and then it. speaking of strange implications, uh, I think this is the first time that we get a mention of this because Stephen is trying to set up a very stupid payoff later. Because Lily is like the life force. Isn't it just so beautiful that it makes you want to cry? And the doctor says, "Crying when you're happy." That's a very human thing. This is psychotic. I'm, no, sorry, wrong language. This is fucking nutso. <laughs> That's better. That's better to say. Uh, I he's there's no way this is a new concept to him. No, but the doctor loves to uh, like experience things f- uh, for thousands of years with humans or whatever. That'd be like human use soap. <laughs> he does this shit all the time. Right? And he's he, like, he's just saying. It? He's just saying uh, it's incredibly human to cry when you're happy. I've never done that, and I never will. Never, he says. Never. Wink! Uh, then they remember that Cyril exists. <laughs> nah, I Oh, I yeah, the little boy. and, and like it, This little, is intercut with in scenes of the little boy being cornered by a fucking wood lady and a crown being put on his head. Yeah, she crowns him and like puts him on the throne or whatever. The wooden man downstairs starts climbing the stairs up toward them. Uh, yeah, and then he fucking so, turns into a colonel sprite. The space marines at gunpoint uh, bring Madge into the robot mech thing. Uh, they agree to scan for the kids. And Bill Bailey says, oh, God help them. And she says, why did you say that? And he says, because the forest is set to be harvested. It's melting day. We're going to melt... I, I will say, I am now realizing that this isn't an apocalyptic event. This is just, they are harvesting this particular section of trees, which yeah. is less ridiculous yeah. than I was thinking. 
Uh, that does not in any way uh, excuse what the doctor did, because again, literally just check to make sure that the place literally is safe. Literally somewhere send the else children there. on the same planet. Yeah, but they're they're going to melt down the forest with acid rain from a satellite to convert the trees into battery fluid. And I couldn't help but notice that they said battery fluid and not battery acid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Presumably there was a... a uh, an original draft where he said we're going to melt them down with acid to make battery acid, well, and then he was like, "That is, I can't say yeah, that." Yeah, see, that the thing is that the yeah the 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 fluid that comes out of the trees is actually a base. Um, I don't I don't have a source for this, but I think somebody posted in Discord that this episode was written in one day. It feels like it. <laughs> feels like it was written in no days. I feel like anyone like, wrote this. Yeah. I feel like anyone wrote this. Stephen Moffat. Real. Stephen, Mo- Stephen Moffat. Stephen Moffat. It doesn't real. say written by Stephen Moffat. It says found by Stephen Moffat. <laughs> it says wrought by Stephen Moffat. <laughs> Birth. That's why he says wrong. Uh, is that why we can't defeat him? <laughs> no, it's the British aristocracy. Is why he says Do wrong. not fight Stephen Moffat in the in the astral plane. <laughs> He's he too will, powerful. He will consume you. Like he has so many others. <laughs> uh so anyway, they uh the the door unlocks and they find Cyril on the throne. He's like in a trance or something. Um and they they see that the life force is flying away from the forest. And then uh, Cyril wakes up and he says, The trees are just scared. I'm connected to them right now. I became the tree-eyed raven. We go back to uh, (laughs) the mech suit with Madge in it. And I need to talk about this part because it really... The bio-truths are coming out again. (laughs) Because the woman marine is like... Woman marine. I can't drive the, the platform to save your kids. Only the other two, the men, have been trained in driving the machine. <laughs> don't, but... <laughs> I can't trust them. They don't have wombs like you and I. They're not strong, Wink, like you a and woman, I. A woman trying to save her children can pilot any vehicle, including a helicopter. Why do they keep referencing the fact that women can't drive? It's Mama Bear. Steven! Mama Bear's gonna drive the it's thing. It's like... <laughs> It's like that scene in, like, uh, it's like that scene Don't in... Don't say they're referencing the fact that woman can't drive. That's not, not right. <laughs> Sorry, not, not the fact. The idea, excuse me. Yeah, it's like that scene well, in Wally where the human, like, the guy stands up and it's like, oh my god, he's doing it. It's like a woman <laughs> operating a vehicle. <laughs> oh my it's god. like it, sir. <laughs> You go to like a revival, a revival tent, and they grab a woman in like a fucking one of those little walk along cards, and she's like, "Oh my god, she oh my can do it!" Just oh, be healed by the Lord with the power of the woman. She can drive this go kart across the stage with a with a rush of adrenaline. Even a a, a woman can lift a car off her child, or even drive, drive one. The car. And she can drive it to the hospital. <laughs> but okay, even if they had even just had her say, "I'm sorry, I'm not trained to drive it." Only he is, and it's like only like only the one of them yeah, that only drives Bill the Bailey thing. Is, okay, no. fine. Why is it that there's three of them and both of the men know how to drive it? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Uh, uh, 
but God they get a, an alert that the acid rain is start to, about to start, and uh, they're about to get teleported off of the harvester machine onto their ship or whatever in space. I don't know. And she's like, don't go outside, Madge. Don't go outside. And then... For some reason, at this point in the episode, the Harvester starts, like, listening to the kids and the doctor. It's not explained. It's the power of it's the how power much she loves her children, I a, guess. When a, when a woman's, really when a mama bear's kids are in danger. <laughs> uh, so, Cyril explains on behalf of the trees. The trees are trying to evacuate from the rain. Does that mean that this happens every time they do the harvest? Yeah. No, because... This is the only time a the, the issue woman has been. See, that's why I thought that this was like an apocalyptic event. Yeah, that the these issue, were like. I mean, it is a genocidal event. Mm-hmm. Oh sure, but this is I. I had assumed when I was watching, and I only realized partway through talking about it. I thought that these were people like from another planet who like found these trees and are like, "Oh great, let's harvest them for energy." Mm-hmm. And this is like the end of this planet's lifespan. No, this is just where they get their batteries from. Yeah. But yeah, because. I totally forgot. They said, like, they live here. This is where they are from. So this is just like, if when we have our farms and we, like, harvest the wheat in the field, if every time that happened, the wheat was screaming in agony. Right. Yeah. This is like a, this is like if how you burning... saw If you saw Pikmin die every time you carv- harvested this is a like sheep. A, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is what it's happened. It's the Pikmin soul. The little this... Pikmin ghost thing comes out. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is like, uh, you know... Uh, uh, how fires are a natural part of a forest life cycle. The harvest of battery acid is a forest needs to experience melting day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god, I love the idea that they would find actually, like park rangers going to do a controlled burn, and Cyril is like, "No, you must stop them." It's actually <laughs> it, it, they love it. Actually, it's great yeah. for them. They, this goes it goes unremarked upon the process here, and that's disturbing. <laughs> There's a lot of things about this episode that are both unremarked upon and disturbing. (laughs) Fair enough. So, uh, the doctor realizes that the tree's life force, it all needs to find a living thing to use as a lifeboat. The crown that they put on Cyril is a relay, but, uh... Cyril is not a vessel that is fitting for reasons that you can probably guess because we've talked about it. But <laughs> the moment this they is say where the wood is not strong enough, she touches Cyril on the shoulder and like speaks through him. And Cyril, in a deep voice, says, "Your coming was foretold." And the doctor says, "Bullshit! There's no such thing as foretelling. Take it from me. I'm a time traveler. I would know." Which made my brain explode out of my ears. There's yeah, no way I, I could I have known. There's no way I could have known that tomorrow was melting day. It's you know, it's. <laughs> Also, there's no such thing as foretelling. Never, never, ever, ever has somebody, like, time-traveled and then come back to their own time and said, in any way communicated about something that will happen later. It's It's never, ever, ever happened, and it never will. It never will happen. It can't. It can't happen. It's literally illegal. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Rose has never told anyone about what she does when she's no. on her adventures. No. She never foretold any events to Jack no. or Mickey. Never happened. Can't happen. Shut Cannot up. Cannot happen. Doesn't, fuck it's you. It's just shut. Fuck you. Also, the 11th Doctor, 
he certainly doesn't have any sort of prophecies in his past that he would remember. I have to say, I am so grateful that this episode did not include any fucking impossible girl, fucking the Trinzalore fucking... No, they gotta save every other Christmas is the traumatic Doctor probably is gonna die. <laughs> yeah, episode. but n- no mention of of overarching plot, and that that's that's the only good thing I can say about this episode. Is that, is that relieving for you? <laughs> it, that, it's so relieving. You have no idea if you were watching this in order, you would be hearing about the fucking the fucking impossible girl every fucking episode, and you'd want to fucking explode. For the record, I was talking specifically about the Four Knox prophecy that directly led to the death of the Tenth Doctor. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't remember that. We uh, don't know that. He might die from unrelated means. Yeah, he, he, he actually has a brain hemorrhage. Yeah, um, he has a heart attack. He's the Eleventh Doctor. A heart he comes so anyway, with a please, case of meningitis. Jordan, Jordan yeah, heart yeah, attack. Yeah. Heart attack. <laughs> so anyway, uh, <laughs> the... Doctor asks, why aren't they escaping through Cyril? And they say, the child is too weak. This kid too weak sucks. and too young. And the doctor says, can I be the vessel? And they say, no, you are not, uh, you are not young, but this you are This child weak. has insufficient genital configuration <laughs> for our transit. <laughs> Testosterone levels low. <laughs> Androgen levels low. <laughs> Detecting hormone concentration. <laughs> Bad at multitasking. <laughs> Good at driving. It will never work. Poor Assigning intrinsic Poor listener. Beer. He pulls out, beer. Pulls out beer. a fucking Prager U graph. Like, <laughs> this graph will explain what we are looking for. Amount of feminists equals low. Happiness equals Estrogen high. level up. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Lily, oh yeah, because the doctor pulls the crown off of Cyril and starts screaming in agony, and then Lily is like, give me that, and then she's like, wow, this is easy for me to hold. I love and it, the queen it feels kind of like, <laughs> The queen is like, you are strong, but too young for you to be the, and I'm like, wow, I wonder no, who's no, gonna be no, the vessel. No. I'm like, strong, I'm like, detected, dispensing goop product. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. It made me feel weird when it gives it a girl and it's like, you are not yet a woman grown, insufficient, optimal, insufficient genital configuration. when you're a little older, sweetie. <laughs> like, is that not weird? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just saying, can we not acknowledge biology anymore? <laughs> Stop. Preferred bathroom configuration. Does your mother know that you're out? (laughs) Um, This episode's stupid. Pronouns. uh, Stop! (laughs) Blue hair detected. Nothing in this 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 episode goes like that. (laughs) We're we're just starting to make shit up at this point. Yeah, again, I don't know why we're making the trees talk like robots. <laughs> we're making them, we're making, you know, that's the problem for sure. 
That's the one. That's our one. Well, yeah. Everything here. else that we're describing is, uh, is exactly as one hundred percent show ac- accurate. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm not trying to accuse Stephen Moffat of transphobia. I'm trying to accuse I'm, Stephen Moffat of being like really, really like. Yeah, it's just this is too old to be transphobia. Stephen Moffat does not know that trans people exist at this point. He's never met. Right, well, that, I mean, this is the thing though. Is like it's. I think 2011 is way too late for this sort of like backwards attempt at like feminism and progressivism. This is, is Joss, it's like it's Joss Whedon feminism. Like it's he's like just he, a like, like it, I think that Stephen Moffat probably has better views on trans people than a lot of people in the British media. It's just that. He's just a stupid fucking man who does he's not just, know how to, who does has no I, idea what women are or how they think I just, or what 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 even gender is. I mean, we haven't even gotten to the part. Yeah, I, I genuinely think that like Stephen Moffat is just endlessly like chasing clout for someone to say, "Wow, this is so epic and." He's trying. Yeah, to, I think like that's, it. that's the thing is that's he like why he always be... does those like I'm I'm a lesbian gotcha moments. He that's why it that. bothers me so much is because it's so obvious that this is virtue signaling. Mm-hmm. And I and I say that from the left. Yeah, <laughs> for the uh, he wants to be the British Joss Whedon. <laughs> oh, They're God, calling he... him the British Joss Whedon. Ooh, <laughs> oh, no. what a bad thing to be. I, I mean, but like I, at I, this I, point, it's 2011. You know, I'll say as a as a writer, I think so. Yeah, as a human, I hope not. No, obviously but, not. There's not enough feet. But like, <sighs> but so, uh, shit. What was it? Oh yeah. Because the whole the whole point of this is for people to be like, "Wow, good on you, Stephen. Women really are awesome." Women but are, it's just they the, are the just most so strong. The most like backwards <laughs> women really way do of... be shopping, Stephen. <laughs> Having so, like... you know, it's it's a woman's kind of strength, you know. Yeah. So, uh, Madge over the inexplicable child speaker hears <laughs> the, <laughs> that the kids are in danger. <laughs> What if the mech was like child detected tuning in aligning shotgun? Right, she pushes the listen to children button on the tree harvesting robot. Also, they call this thing a harvester. In what way is it a harvester? It doesn't yeah. harvest. What is it? I mean, it's I guess what, it scoops boy. up the it scoops up the melted trees with its maybe. Big arms. Why were they it's, even out here? It's just stomping around as a security mech. Like, I have to assume... Maybe that's that the, a, it harvests yeah. intruders' bones. I have to assume the only reason that they were out here is because some sort of sensor net detected that Madge was was, was tramping around. Um, <laughs> Sensors these days, am I right? So, uh, she hears Lily say, Don't worry, Cyril, Mummy will save us. Uh, and Cyril refuses to leave. He's like, no, we wait for Mummy. And uh, Madge hears the doctor say, I'm sorry, your mom isn't coming for you this time. And she says, I have to use all of my womanly oh, no, strength. She was, already, she was already piloting the thing by that point. I think was it she? was the seat that, that her kids trust in her that inspired her to drive the mech badly. Well, so the point is she starts piloting the mech. She explains it earlier by saying, like, I think I could probably pilot this thing. I My husband is a pilot. 
you know, you can learn piloting by uh, by marriage. I mean, so He's like, I, will play. Be, I could I will, probably you know, drive a I will Mac. be, you know, she like it's commendable that she overcame her ovaries getting in the way and and you know managed <laughs> to pilot the thing. But as anybody who's ever played a flight simulator, cross the, when do we when do we cross the line where our joking at the show's inherent misogyny just turns into us being misogynistic? Well, I mean, I. <laughs> I'm already established. I mean, I know you're Satire already requires a, a, a clarity yeah. of purpose and target, lest it be, uh, become and contribute to that which it claims to satirize. I will say, I think that our uh, purpose and target are very clear. It's Stephen Moffat, mm-hmm. <laughs> the and enemy. So anyway, it, it, anyone who's ever played a, a flight simulator will tell you that the hardest part of flying is a plane t- is, land. is landing it. Well? And she, you know, she fucks it up. She fucks it up. <laughs> Boo. Yeah, Boo. she crashes Fuck the harvester. Uh, she runs into the tower. Her coat is sizzling from the acid rain, uh, and she immediately hugs her children with it, which I did think well, was no, a little she stops, odd. She stops to make a joke at the doctor for us to say, don't go outside. The rain is dreadful. <laughs> My skin uh, is on fire. <laughs> he looks at the crashed robot and says, women. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't actually, to be clear. He actually says that to me. He says something like, oh, there goes our method of escape or something yeah. like that. Uh, she goes upstairs and tells off her children for opening their Christmas presents early. And uh, then, uh-oh, the wooden so, queen puts the crown so, on her and she starts absorbing all the life force. Sorry, dude. I, I got it. So Madge turns into a different person at this point. She's yeah. turned... I think she... I kind of think she turned into a different person when she entered the snow world. She, in this moment, she is euphoric. Like, her brain turns from that of a human into that of a magpie. She and turns into that of a forest. She kind of turns She's into, like, like oh, a Matt Smith. it's so shiny! Ooh, That's so nice! I like it. Ah. Oh, this Mama, is where she, she says... says she says, Mama likey. This Mama is likey. where she says... It's funny. One can't imagine being a forest, then suddenly one can. It's this fun. is all really clever, isn't it? Ding. Ding. Ding number um, four. That's our final final count. But oh, yeah, only four. So lest you didn't get it until this point. Uh, I hate Stephen Moffat. Uh, it's because she's uh, she's got a fertile fucking she's She's, she's got the chromosomes and, and the, the hormones. Age. Yeah, and the hormones. Because In, the doctor uh, says, oh my god, I can't believe I didn't understand it until now. I mean, I will say, if he did understand it before now, that would be really, really fucking insane. That would be insane, a, a long yeah. fucking shot, dude. The doctor says, weak and strong, it's a translation from the base code of nature itself. Oh my god. Cyril and I are male, which is weak, while Madge and Lily are female, Once again, I I know I already talked about this. The the idea, there's something about the doctor being like, because he he like, he's gesturing to me and him, this little shitty boy and me, we are the same. We are like, no. You're a you're a regenerating time alien doctor. I don't know if you're I don't know what you I don't know what your situation is like. We don't know fucking anything about your anatomy and your Literally. biology. I would like to keep it that way, damn yeah, it. We Literally are saying, being this little boy, we have testosterone and balls. Literally saying like, the gender binary is encoded in nature. Something that is not true even not on true Earth. Even on Earth. Let alone be <laughs> But wait, the line's not over because he says, oh, and I quote, well, wait, she's female. More. more than female, she's, she's a mum. And how else does life ever travel? The mothership. 
Be- it's somewhere oh. on this world, Ken Bone, for the first time in many years, wakes up and he's he's come out of his slumber when, and he says, "I mean, I, okay, I have to imagine all, that, that that Big Stevie creamed so hard when he wrote that line." First of all, um, the idea that the concept of a mothership is a innate to nature and b universal as if like oh yeah obviously the the trees in the forest know all about the concept of a mothership (laughs) i groaned so loud at mothership mothership like the mother is the ship like you can climb inside mother and you can ride her to safety (laughs) oh mama thank you uh ken bone uh this would have been okay if the trees were all shaped like kangaroos this one, there's no universe where this is okay. <laughs> this is where I draw my line, Stephen. But what about uh, the, the hu- top floor what, of the what, what tower the launches the into space and the trees escape through Madge? Oh, uh, yeah. We did it. We solved it. Here's something that I thought was kind of fun is that they are in the like cloud tunnel from the Doctor Who th- openings. Right! And he's like, and the little boy's like, oh shit, it's like the theme song, he says. It's, they're in the time stream. Uh, uh, the time vortex. The time vortex. That's probably come up in canon before, but I think this is the first time we've ever seen that thing be an actual thing in the universe. Mm-hmm. You can see the Doctor Who text flying by. Uh, you look up there. Um, so the wooden people tell Madge that she just needs to think about home to get herself and her kids home. And the doctor says, think about home until it hurts. And she pulls out the telegram and starts moaning and groaning. This is the exact same thing as fucking <laughs> Lie of the Land, where uh-huh. we get a montage of a loved one on the screen. <laughs> we see the clip of the husband crashing the plane, which he did not was not witness to. I didn't really, and like the kids are watching it, they're like, "Mom, mum." No, so when uh, soldiers died in World War Two, they they sent with the telegram a memory. They had the fucking kill cam. A memory. Uh, hey, 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 what Gallifrey and soldiers had. Uh-huh. Remember? They did get a Call of Duty kill cam, so yeah. I guess that he's the singing man? He's the, oh my god! We found it! Like, Magic is this, husband! Is, how did, how, but yes. I did the think kids it was like, weird that he was singing when his plane went down. And maybe it's, maybe I'm faulting these, these idiot children for not, like, immediately getting it, but the fact that they watch, uh, they hear, they hear uh, their mom say, crying, 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 I don't want to watch him die, I don't want to watch him die again, or whatever, and then they say, what? If what happened to death? Yeah, Jordan, I think that's a bit <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry, we actually skipped over something show. very important, because during the uh, the montage of, like, happy memories with her husband, we see how they first fell in love, and she explains that uh, he would follow her on her walk home from work every day, and he told her that he would keep following her until she married him. Yeah, so her Normal. husband's a fucking freak. God bless those good old boys. What's this up? Is, like, this is, this is, I forgot about this until you mentioned This is it. how they did it back in the day. It's just you stalk a woman until she marries Yeah, you, you. stalk a woman until she marries You wore her you. down. Jesus it's good. fucking Christ. It's, it's beautiful. It's, that's, that's beautiful. 
This is like this is how the Doctor Who version of that Secret Life of the American Teenager episode about how good it is for an old man to fuck a young woman. <laughs> Don't make me think about Young at Heart on my Sunday off Fairy of work. Don't, it's my day off. I should it be allowed to relax. You and you're and young, young at heart. heart. Come on, dance, you two. What? Don't make that me think about the, that on my day off. I remember that. That is the most psychotic shit I've seen in my life. We can't talk about Secret Life okay, right okay, now. Okay. Uh, so anyway, yeah, she says, don't make me watch him die. And the kids are like, what's going uh, on? Huh? Nani? Mommy? Uh, uh, so we cut to the husband's death scene. This is some Zack Snyder shit where we have to watch the entire scene a second time. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but but no, a, don't show him twist, dying. Though. He says as 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 Humpty Dumpty climbs onto the wall. <laughs> so, in his final moments, Madge's picture glows gold in his plane, and he hears her saying goodbye as the time vortex takes her past his airplane, and then the the ship crashes. Uh, the doctor says that the life force has successfully escaped into outer space. The trees are happy. They are basically now just floating in space forever. (laughs) Eventually the forest will stop thinking. They are outside of Uncle Digby's mansion. And Lily is like, hey, can we talk about what you said about dad dying? Mm -hmm. Also, what's that telegram you're holding? And the doctor's like, well, (laughs) well, it's time for me to mosey on out of here. Puts on his Stetson, his iconic Stetson. Uh, so he goes outside to let her tell her kids that their dad is dead uh she starts explaining it was a cloudy night there was no moon and no stars to light his way while he was flying the plane but then the doctor runs back inside and says wait a minute you're gonna want to see this because there was a star to light their way you and they run out of the out of the ship and they see the plane (sighs) is sitting there their dad gets out. He looks very confused. The doctor tells Madge that she's Mother Christmas. Oh, so it's very sad, but everyone else on the plane did die. Yeah. They all hug survived. and cry, and the doctor says, Happy crying, humany woomany. Happy crying. Happy crying, everyone. Happy crying, Xbox. For $100, I will get happy crying, humany woomany, tattooed on my <laughs> penis. that's not something you want to see well good news you're not going to be seeing it for a hundred (laughs) dollars yeah you will patreon.com slash spotting bros uh some amount of time passes a day (laughs) uh the kids open their normal presents yeah did the doctor like throw out all the like other he was like i'm gonna take you to the planet of like Carbon Monoxylon 95. Yeah, the kids open their other presents. Uh, There's a landmine, a bunch of panthers in one of them. A Santarin all wrapped up in a little bow. Uh, Madge goes up to the attic where the doctor is, and she finally realizes that he was the spaceman angel. He was the funny man. And she says, thank you for everything, Doctor. I don't really know why I'm thinking. <laughs> what am I thinking? Yeah, you in peril? I guess that he created a chain reaction of events that led to her husband surviving a plane crash? I guess so. It's it was a complete like, accident, sure. and in the process, he almost killed both of her children. <laughs> thank you, Doctor. Thank and you, her. Doctor. I've been, uh, I've been thinking about a moment from the last episode, uh, constantly which was when we talked about what is what does he even do 
What does uh-huh. the doctor even do? What did he do here? He endangered some children. And he accidentally created, he accidentally, like, a stable time loop yeah, where their dad Yeah, he accidentally saved, saved uh, one World War II soldier's life. Just imagining the, the the picture starts glowing gold, and he's like, Fuck, it's bright, I can't see, I'm going down! <laughs> what if he just got he's... trapped in the time vortex? <laughs> what if he got put into his own time stream? What if, like, six episodes from now, the Doctor is flying the TARDIS <laughs> through the time vortex, and he crashes into an airplane? And like, what if, like, a... Yeah. They show him, they show the plane, and it starts playing the sentimental music, and he gets out of the plane, they're like, Daddy? And then, a like, a fucked up gray gargoyle flies out of the sky. And <laughs> <lights> <laughs> what if the, what if the plane, uh, killed the protagonist from Drakengard? Think about it. Just that means nothing to me. That, so, there would be a big white pregnant woman. Um, yeah. And that's so, the strongest, the strongest thing strongest I can think thing of. That I can think of. Jesus. So, uh, she asks, hey, what was up with the that time that the police box disappeared? And he says, let me show you. And she says, wait, are you leaving? Stay for Christmas. And he says, I will in time of the doctor. <laughs> and she says, oh, you must have to get back to your family or friends. And he says, no. I wish I had those. They says. think that I'm dead. Now, Jordan. Hi. I thought that they were dead. Now, Giga and Jordan. Yeah, how, yeah. Hi. Uh, do you know why the pawns think he's dead? No. no. Because so, I had assumed that it was because of the season finale before this. You know, I think let the me doctor you, just ghosts people. Let me tell you, I have watched up to the... I've watched up to the Capaldi episodes, like, three times at this point. I watched up to... I watched, like, up to this point last year. I couldn't fucking tell you anything about what happened yeah, during the I, I well, arc. My brain well, nukes well, it from my mind. Well, well, well. On December 6th, 2011, a prequel to the episode was released online. Get out of here. The 11th Doctor is seen Fuck on a spaceship you. holding a red button, which, when he lets go, will cause the ship to explode. That's why. While holding the button, he phones the TARDIS to speak to Amy, asking her to rescue him. Although he does not have his coordinates, Amy cannot fly the TARDIS, and she is not on the TARDIS. The doctor wishes Amy a Merry Christmas before letting go of the button, and the spaceship explodes. So yeah, now, that's now hold on a moment. Now hold on a moment. No, hold on. This is something that goes throughout the annoying era, where it's like it works really well for your podcast because you'll assume that it's in reference to something that was aired on television. But they're just in media resing something that they never do the beginning of. It's either a reference to a webisode or a reference to And there's no way that you could like pick it up from context clues like you could Also um what the fuck, Doctor? Why didn't you uh, tell the pawns uh, that you were alive, like, immediately? Because if he did that, then we couldn't have this tearjerker <laughs> ending. Because if we did it that, you wouldn't have to trust him. <laughs> I love this. This is such a you like bizarre this? thing about it's, this era yeah. of Doctor Who. It's Moffat's where... fucking... Oh, I thought you were saying, you... yeah, it, Moffat's it could trick. Be, it could be Moffat. It, it could be the producer's. That just—that's what well, like, we you we gotta have do learned. it on iPlayer, dude. Yes, there was a there was like a a demand, a requirement from the BBC that they would have like more content, basically to justify the existence of the like iPlayer red button or whatever but it's called. Also, but, the the 
it's the, it is somewhat Moffat's fault for not writing it so that that content is at all optional and that it provides right, key context to story beats in the main episodes, despite the fact that it doesn't share a feed with them. Yes, this happened in uh, The Snowmen. There was the guy, like, the, the crazy guy in the prison who was, like, like rattling off a prophecy right, that he yeah. heard. That was explained in a, in a like, short prequel. There was um, uh, the 11th Doctor meeting Clara as a child uh, in the prequel to The Bells of St. John, which sets up why he was in a monastery <laughs> at yeah. the beginning so, of that episode. Yeah, exactly. So, like, if you're watching this era of Doctor Who, it feels so fucking feverish. It feels, like, so bizarre and just, like, what the, the fuck is happening? Which is really funny because that's a thing... That we feel on our podcast because we're watching out of order. Exactly, and we're always like, I'm sure that this made a lot more sense if you watched it yeah. as it aired. But with this era, it doesn't. No, it just feels like that. Putting, you, like you might as well be watching it out of order. The connective tissue between episodes is all on iPlayer and <laughs> not in the show. Yeah, That's you, so it's weird. Like you finish it like, like doing this on your podcast. Would be like fin- opening a box of puzzle pieces, finishing the puzzle, and then there's like t- twelve pieces missing, and they're just like s- in another country. They're gone. Yeah, they're um, on iPlayer. They're on iPlayer. You have to buy a set. You have to. You have to. It's not. You don't have to pay for it, but you do have to go to the store and ask them to give you those yeah, twelve exactly. pieces. Yeah, exactly. You have now. to ask for them, and you're not told about them when you buy the you're fucking not told set. That they're in there at the. Puzzle. I do have a theory, not a fan, yeah. a, a hater theory, a game theory. I have a game theory, which is that Stephen Moffat, he knows what he's doing. He's doing this intentionally. To show that this push for red button content is bad. And you know why I know that? <laughs> Did he say because <laughs> in the prequel to this episode, the doctor almost dies because he pushes, pushes a red, a red button. button. He's <laughs> saying, this is what you're doing to me. You are killing me in an explosion, BBC. <laughs> it's... That explains so That's much so about this era of Doctor Who. That people, like... But the... the like, why was it so popular on Tumblr? Why was none of this remark? I mean, it's because they were it's because middle was, schoolers. There was with quirked, no, up, quirked yeah. up British. Yeah, it's it's because it was. What are you talking well, about? Well, it's because it was middle schoolers with no media literacy. But um, it, it it's just like yeah, I was like my constant question every time I've watched this is why is it like this? And I've never thought to ask because there's essential content in many sods it's not yeah. on BBC iPlayer because, because essentially the first four, two four minutes of every single episode are not in the episode <laughs> so that's cool anyway uh yeah the doctor says that his friends think that he's dead uh push the red button to find out why <laughs> little, little pop up appears on the screen <laughs> it's like the the fucking high school musical trivia yeah, yeah, version yeah. um but she says it's not right to not, to let your friends think that you're dead on Christmas, which is, I mean, what a wild <laughs> sentiment. Yeah. I don't disagree, but Jesus. Uh, and she says, "I will not let you not go see them, Mister." And he goes, "Yes, Mum." He literally okay. says, "And I've got to say, says, what like, if I need your help again?" And he says, "I don't know, make a wish. I don't know. Bye." I gotta say, like my favorite episodes of of Eleventh Doctor are or is this a this is 10th? This is 11. 11. 11. Okay. My favorite episodes are of 11 are when he sticks around. 
Because he, he does this more than the other doctors. Like, I could believe this behavior out of Tennant where he just is afraid to get attached to people because that's his whole thing. Like, uh-huh. um, but with this incarnation of the Doctor, I don't see him not having Christmas dinner with these people. It doesn't feel right for him. Um, right, especially considering that I assumed <laughs> until I learned about the, the prequel minisode, I was like... Oh, is this like some sort of other version? Like, because we learned about the bomb in Donna's brain, where if she remembers the doctor, she will die instantly. Was there something kind of like that going on? But no, as it turns out, he had a dramatic death fake out with Amy Pond, and he's Off just like, another episode. I don't want to undercut the drama. <laughs> yeah, and then they're just back to only- they're back to fucking Amy Pond shit. Next thing, just have two dinners, Doctor. Who the fuck cares? You you're you a have a time machine. You can literally do that. You could do that. And yeah, wh- that's right. Why does he go to the dinner is, where they haven't seen him in two years? Yeah, Why doesn't he just go to the previous words. Christmas or the, maybe, the Christmas before? Yeah. It's maybe a consistent problem of the show where a time machine. I regret. Exists, I, but I, it's like I will regret these words in. Probably you won't feel the same way when you watch the episodes, but I quite like the episodes that James Corden is in. And I've heard people say this. And so. this is not the same character as is in those episodes. That's when I like Eleven. And this I feel like is Eleven. Weird. This is trying Eleven to be, has a problem. Trying to be ten. I think Eleven has a consistent problem where sometimes, not always, but sometimes he's a. Gigantic piece of shit. Yeah, <laughs> like this is I not. Mean, he's a piece this of shit is in not, those episodes too. Like but I this like is him. not. This is not like a. This is not like a. Oh, he's rude. Oh, he's being an alien. This is like Matt Smith, uh, Doctor, Eleventh Doctor. Just every once in a while, does something. Just he's just he's a bad Horrible, person. Yeah. For some I reason, think yeah. I think sometimes they get at an idea that the reason that he had that he is such a quirked up white boy, busting it down sexual pain, style or whatever, pain. is because. Yeah, he's so he's carrying so much pain that these like affectations are his like coping but mechanism. You 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 just watched Ten at his edgiest, <laughs> like men, and, and it's just not incomparable, right? It just doesn't make sense. Men yeah. will literally say hibbledy dibbledy wibbly doo <laughs> before they get therapy. Men will literally literally send, say humany woomany to pretend that they can't and send cry. The to the, I forgot about the saucy, the saucy, 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 saucy or whatever, the yeah. lovely lule lows. If, if you ever forget what the word was, you can just look at the title of this episode. Yeah, right? <laughs> 100%. <laughs> so anyway, he goes to Amy Pond's house. Uh, she hears the knock on the door and thinks that it's Christmas carolers and runs out the door with a water gun. Which I don't know that I like that characterization for Amy Pond. Yeah. <laughs> She's trying to She's attack children with a water gun. I She's would, fucking blast. I'm them. not. I'm not. I. I kind of. I kind of sympathize with her. I don't want carolers, and uh, I would spray them with a water gun if they showed up. At I mean, I also despise Christmas, but I have a good you reason. Would, for I would it, not that blast a child. I wouldn't blast a child in the head with a water gun. Personally, uh, well, Christmas carolers but, aren't children a lot of the time i would if matt smith's doctor not matt smith if matt's i think if matt smith showed up at my door i would be very confused a lot of the time but if 11th doctor showed up at my door i think i would start blasting i think you have a misapprehension because christmas carolers are a lot of time annoying adults 
I'm not talking about Christmas carolers. I'm talking about the eleventh, the Doctor. I'm the one who who said that Christmas carolers are children. I is that I don't really know anything. I thought that Christmas carolers were usually children. Is that wrong? It depends. I've never been carol. I, I thought that. Yeah. I don't think like I. We're none of they, us. They are, see the mezuzah and keep moving. Yeah, none of us hate <laughs> life enough to be Christmas carolers. So. I don't actually have a mezuzah. I'm sorry for lying. <laughs> no, they see the lambs. Blood. Yeah, I was gonna say they see the lambs blood painted on your door. It's dried. It's completely dried by this point in the year. Uh, But they do see this like brown caked on blood smear and they're like, well, we better keep going. going. Anyway, I the the context for this scene is idiotic, but I do think it's it's cute where she like opens the door and she's got the water gun and he's like, How long has it been, Amy? And she's like, two years, and she squirts him with the water gun. What an asshole. What a piece of shit. I hate it when he, like, why? But this is the thing, is that he's an asshole, and god damn it, they, they love, the love him. Yeah, because they're also assholes. Well, also, it is <laughs> worth mentioning uh, that she apparently, through none of this, did she think that he was dead, because apparently River Song just straight up told her <laughs> that he was alive. Yeah, I forgot they mentioned Which, okay, well, now that makes me wonder if maybe there is some... Surely the the season six finale didn't also end with her thinking he died. Yeah. I don't understand what's going on here. I don't think so, because I couldn't remember why she thought he was dead. I feel like I would remember that. Well, there must be a secondary mini-sode where River Song bumps into him and is like, oh, you're alive. Where River Song meets him at the fucking Tesco. She just knows, dude. Check out. No, they go to they go to yeah, Sainsbury. Not Aldi. I like Aldi. Oh, we're doing we're doing the thing where British people have really confusing politics about grocery store chains. I just mm-hmm. like Aldi. Okay, so anyway, that one's uh, yeah. That I hear I hear comedians talk we about all which store people shop yeah. at all the time, and I never. What's know what what's about. little? I've heard of little, little. is another is one. A... Okay, Aldi is basically Trader Joe's, but they have normal stuff. Is li- which of which of the is 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 Sainsbury posh or is it or is it like I think Sainsbury's is po- I need to Sainsbury's is we need to, we need posh, to move, move right? on. Welcome to fucking uh, shops guests. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we we've been back after so long away. Just so us trying to figure things we're out. We're still here. The totally anyway. Amy and the doctor are very jobs. like standoffish to each other. Inexplicably, they're both like, "Well, I'm not going to be the one who initiates the hug," and she's like, "Well, I'm not either." And but then they smile and they do big hug. And then Rory just walks over and it's like, oh, oh wow, you're alive. And Amy's we like, oh, he already knows just, the river told him. Rory, Rory, Rory. That's his catchphrase. I, I did think oh, it was Rory, very Rory. funny that Rory was trying to play along with the idea that they thought he was dead. I, I love Rory and he's misused as a character, is all I'll say. I'm in a perpetual state of not remembering whether I liked Rory or hated Rory. I like, I lo- I like Rory, <laughs> like, I like time. my platonic ideal of Rory and I hate how he's used in the show. <laughs> Uh, I, I feel like I like him when we've seen him, but yeah. we've only seen him like three times. Oh, wait until uh, you, well, you just wait until you see Epic Rory. Um, <laughs> oh, I want to see Epic Rory. No, it sucks, uh, dude. It's bad. Amy squirts the doctor with the water gun again and reveals that they always set a place for him on Christmas, just like the prophet Elijah. I was going to say, did they leave a, yeah, they, they, did they leave, leave a they fucking leave bowl both. of fish fingers and custard out there for they him? Leave room for, uh, they leave room for the doctor both in, uh, at their dinner it table is, and in their bed. 
I um, love yeah. I love that Sam doesn't know what that means. Still highly highly swinger what do I energy. Not know? From, oh, fish fingers and custard. Like while I'm oh, on yeah, the no, show, I, I gotta say it. highly swinger energy from Rory. Oh yeah, they have a big Amy. we dig your vibe. We saw you from across yeah, the room. That's, that's, I mean, Amy's so, already tried to fuck him. So, so. that's yeah. that's a that's a like a perennial problem that like adventure media has with married characters is that married characters with adventurous energy just feel that swingers. Um, uh, can I just say, because the episode's just about over, the last thing that happens is that as they walk back inside, the doctor touches his face and realizes that he's been happy crying. It turns wow, out that the reason that they said earlier in the episode that the doctor doesn't happy cry is so that he could do it later and it would be impactful for no reason. I'm yep. so impacted. My, my head. <laughs> I'm impacted. Why is my head wet? So that's the episode. I'm bleeding. <laughs> uh, this episode was really weird. The entire premise was that bio truths are real <laughs> and that women are good because they have children. Yeah, that's, that's why women are I give strong. this episode. I give this episode two X's. No, just kidding. I give this episode a generous, <laughs> and it can thank me for it. D plus. Yeah, I'm I'm leaning towards a very 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 generous C minus. Oh, I can't judge. I, I'm not allowed to. Uh, nope, that's fine. I think you're, that the content was truth. bad, but the the there there were things in this episode that I think were all right. I liked the tree people. Uh, I liked getting to see Bill Bailey for three seconds. And that's Bill everything Bailey I liked was about the episode. Completely canceled out by that shitty child Cyril, who I hated. I think that there were like we never got into emotional why you fucking hate things here with the Do I need to explain? Do I need to explain worked. every fucking thing I do? I don't no. know. It just seems like I to me, he's just like a big stupid kid. He's like a he's got he's big glasses. Racist. He's like a stupid kid with big glasses. I don't know. He's a he's a little racist. He seems harmless. I hated him. He didn't even get to fire. He didn't even get to fire a vicar's gun and cry. <laughs> do I get to rate the episode? <laughs> Uh, Giga, what did what did you think? Oh, I don't, I don't know. It's like uh, I think C minus. Even as a trans, wow, it looks like Jordan has the wrong opinion. <laughs> even as, oh, yeah. even uh, as a sorry, trans person, I have to say there's parts of this one that I like a little bit. I had a bad time watching it. Um, <laughs> it's um, it's a bad episode for bad. sure. But it's not I think bad. That, don't watch it. But yeah, I think that just the general viewing experience if i turned my brain off completely i think would have been fine like at my school a c minus is not passing um if you get like hit hit the head by a horse you would like like this episode yeah so um, that's yeah. the nicest thing that i can if say you about fell it. Do we a, have... if you fell from orbit then yeah do we have any companion awards to give out this week i the mean doctor we have gets our the youngest feeds com- inaugural ian chesterton award for fucker's folly congratulations to the doctor the ian Chesterfield. what did he oh it was when he climbed into the matchbox for oh yeah no our episode reason. on uh, planet of giants is now get- up at patreon.com oh my god that was one- a it's so good that one great, is so great cereal not I, that I, good but really fun that one is like I don't. I I can never ask people to give us money, but I do you want can. people to hear. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. Give us a dollar so you can hear us talk about an episode where the doctor and his friends get very small, and then in the background of the episode, a murder mystery takes would place. Would you? Would you ever have a guest on for a bonus ad? 
We've never Ooh, discussed I've never it. thought about it. We've never done because that. Because I really want it, to. I, I like. I love the bonus heads. Yes, I really do but want to. only if there's patrons, because otherwise they'd be getting free. Well, access I, to I, our am, I am. I am. I've been That's giving. I've been That's giving you pieces of That's... shit a dollar a month for like the past several years. So. No, I have you can, to you can join this. us for a classic episode at some point. Sure, yeah. yeah Just have me on sometime. They're very fun. They're um, great. It's literally never crossed my mind. This week, uh, this week our, our bonus episode is the Time Meddler! <laughs> you say this week. We probably won't get to it for oh, yeah. like a month. A month, yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot we're going Sam's, on a little break. Yeah, we are, we are going Sam's on a bizarre break. adventure, This yeah. Our next classic episode. To, to Christmas Metal. Detox, and we'll be back in uh, December with a new Christmas episode. Do for we you, have probably. any... Do we have any? I mean, uh, if Match had, you know, had the guts there's no to companions. Tr- we can't even really talk about it. No, Cyril is the youngest companion in no. Doctor Who history. Well, no, that's canonical. No gold stars. Nobody ate shit in a comical way. I mean, the Doctor like fell when he tried to get in the hammock. Yeah, but, but like, I feel it like was, that's... it was like it was like a celebratory funny and it moment. Was trying and to I'd, be eating yeah, shit, yeah, not in worth, a funny not way. worth a medal of Mickey yeah, for no, sure. No, 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 the no. one of these days, one of these days, I will get his ass with the medal of Mickey. The ultimate humiliation for the doctor. <laughs> He'll feel so Mickey. bad about it, but not this week. To become Richard. Um, okay, here's the, the really exciting part. Oh right, um, Sam. Which which doctor though? Anyone um, but anyone but Matt Smith. I need a detox. I've really, I've really been in a tenant mood. I've found I a real like appreciation gotten, for. Tenet. I love he's David really Tennant for sure. He's 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 definitely like a really good doctor, and his episodes are consistently just like kind of top of the. They're 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 always top in the list, but like for <laughs> that me, is not not at all consistent. It's yeah, but like some of the best epi- like a lot of the best episodes, in my opinion, happened during that era of the show. Yeah, and he's also got some real stinkers. Yeah, but they all do. It's why we love it, because sometimes it's really bad. That That's being true. said, I am I want Capaldi. Yeah, I want you to get the I want you to get the the moon abortion episode. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what that, that means. means. Alright. Well Yay! it's a Capaldi. Ooh. Ooh. Oh no, so this it's is written not, by the <laughs> It is December, but it's not Christmas. This is uh not the episode that I have always heard is good, but it is I think the one before it. Series 9, episode 12, Hellbent. Written by the enemy himself. I, I feel I like the monkeys... this is part one of a two-parter, which, let me confirm that. I'm feeling the monkey's paw curl upwards as I as I wish for a Capaldi mm-hmm. and then get us... Oh no, Heaven Sent is part one. That looks fun. Oh, this is the, this is the series nine finale. Oh. Wow, this looks... Is this, it's is this a Clarisode? Is yeah, I see oh, Ken Clara. Bones is here. Oh, oh I shouldn't be looking at this. It got an A minus. Receive positive reviews from critics, but they literally always do, even when they're really bad. Unless you're TV Ooh. fanatic. Mm-hmm. This might just be the end of Clara. I'm gonna stop looking at this in case there's spoilers here. Spoilers. Because let me let me just look at Couldn't the tell general you. episode. I, I have not seen this episode. Uh, so yeah, the the Capaldi Christmas special is the episode after this, and then. Yeah, then it goes into series ten with Bill. We might Ooh. just get to see Clara's ending. Yeah, we might get to watch, see Clara get fed to the get, wood chipper yeah, or whatever. Watch, happens watch Clara get mulched. I have been genuinely so like curious about where what they do with Clara if she ever has an in back to the show, if she ever you know, will we ever see her because that would be what that that's a character that like, you know, me and Clara, we don't always get along, but 
you know, say 10 years now and the 16th Doctor, played by Philomena Kunk, (laughs) played by Diane Morgan, um, does a reunion with, like, an older Clara, I would be into it. I can't. But she might be dead. Yeah, no, I can't wait till you guys see a, a companion fucking eat shit. I mean, I've seen several of them. I remember some of them. Yeah, just not the all. The only one you've seen is, is Rose, right? You've seen the conclusion of Rose's time. On no, the no, show. no. In my like, in my life no, outside I, I of the show. No, I know you have, yeah, yeah, but yeah. like on the show. We've. Oh, I need to say by the way. Uh, first, first of all, uh, yeah, I think I addressed this before, but I my prediction for Clara was that she was going to retire from adventuring and have a. a a normal peaceful life with Danny, with Danny but now, but now Danny, dead. yeah, Danny, yeah. fucking. Uh, like. So now I think that Clara probably is fucked. Yeah, but <laughs> I wanted. I completely forgot to say last week. I no longer think that Donna will die, and I know, I know, Jordan, that <laughs> she's in the new yeah, special. I don't think that necessarily. <laughs> I look. I think that it's entirely possible that a dead companion could return, like. Rose came back from. I know she's not dead either, but Rose came back as the the moment in Day of the Doctor. That's like, true, but shit that wasn't Rose. But I'm just saying, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that a dead companion could return. However, after learning about the bomb in her brain, I think that there <laughs> is a very clear out for how Donna could stop being the companion mm-hmm. and be alive. So. And why the doctor? Oh, I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say. I thought you were saying. I'm just saying. I no longer am predicting Donna's death. I now. I'm now (laughs) on the side of she's probably alive. I thought you were saying with the bomb in her brain, she now has a new out. for when they retire her after the special. See, but if you (laughs) look, I'm saying I. I think that the reason that she's in the new special probably is just that she's she has been alive the entire time now, and now if she's you, just back if you look very closely at the at the like thumbnail for the trailer for the new special you can see that donna is a pile of hamburger meat with a <laughs> <stuff in it. laughs> so just keep that I just, in mind i was gonna say i hope that wilfred is there but i remember his act well, yeah, wilfred, like, yeah oh, unfortunately man. cannot be in the show no. anymore they're going I love okay wilfred. no i've been like wilfred has been like be careful what you wish for me. because ai wilfred is no, 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 no. Don't speak that. Don't speak that into existence. Okay. Shall we wrap Let's wrap, wrap it up, up yeah. You know, uh, it's a, you know it's a giga episode because we went for like six hours. Hi, yeah. I like to interrupt and show shit. Uh, uh, we are on co-host at Dr. Huh. Uh, we don't have any questions this week, but you can send them to us there. You can also send them to our Tumblr at Dr. Huh. Jordan is on Tumblr at Kiwami Breakfast. I'm on co-host at Positive Stress. You can listen to my other podcast, Sounds about light, where when we return from break next month, we will be talking about the back half of Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance, unless we take another break for the holidays, which is entirely possible. You can find me on Tumblr at kiwamibreakfast.tumblr.com. You can listen to my other podcast, Kamarocho Radio. We we are rapidly, rapidly, we are slowly, (laughs) because uh, when we recording our recording schedule, approaching the end of Yakuza 4... Um, we're on the Kiryu chapters now. You love to see him. He's Yay. dad. And uh, probably we'll talk about the new Yakuza game when it drops very soon. Oh, God, that's so soon. Giga. Hi. Plugs. Sure, before I do my plugs, I would like to encourage anyone listening to donate to both, uh, or either, probably more relatively relevantly, the Palestinian Medical Relief Society. Uh, and to towards the um the entertainment community fund uh for the sac after a strike uh but you can find me on twitter at gigalithic 
Uh, and you can find me uh, in your house uh, crawling under your table. Get out from under my table! Fuck you! <laughs> Spraying you. You can also uh, go back and listen to Zero to Zero, which Giga and I were both on, and now I am not. Yeah, Max, might, that is a maximum chaos podcast. Zero to Zero might come back at some point. We, I don't know. We're all hoping for it. Yeah, we'll we're all, see. We're all charging our spirit bomb. We'll see if my uh, life. Hoping that, hoping we're that absorbing schedule, the life force of the trees. Uh-huh. Uh, I will kill a thousand trees. I just, to give you, your I just don't know if I'm strong uh, enough. I don't. I don't have yeah. the genital configuration to transport the trees. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> we are on Patreon at Potting Bros. We've already talked about it, so I won't go too into it. But one dollar a month does get you the stuff that Jordan was saying earlier, plus a mildly special Discord role marking you as a friend of the show. $5 gets you a pretty special Discord role marking you as a companion of the show. You get a shout-out in the podcast. You can send us a message that we'll read in one of our funny voices, including Steppenwolf voice, which originated on Zero to Zero, Woo-hoo! of course. $10 gets you all that, plus an incredibly special Discord role marking you as a an honorary member of House Me Sousa which lets you listen to the podcast live while we record it, and we will clap for you when we shout you out. Thank you to our 5 and $10 subscribers, Cassidy, JCH, Roy, Stephanie Bolding, Stephanie Karen, Violet Magician, and the honorary members of House Me Sousa, Destry Hawk, H. Caven, Sauceworks. Fuck yeah! Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. We're done with Christmas for a little while, till next 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 week. Next time we record. <laughs> next time is not a Christmas special. We almost got one, but... yeah. Mm-hmm. In as much as that's how it works. That'll be up after our, our, our small break, correct? We're hosted on noisebase.xyz where you can find other great podcasts like Zero to Zero, which I'm allowed to say. Uh, you can listen to special great snacks about Jujutsu Kaisen. I believe a new episode went up today as we're recording yeah, this. It was called, uh, it had a very funny name. It was called, I'm looking it up. It's called Mom Wine. <laughs> you can listen to Mom Wine. Uh, you can listen to Forward Forward ReZero. You can listen to a bunch of podcasts on there. You can listen to. Kamarocha Radio. I already said that. Oh, one. yeah. What? <laughs> matter meter lets. Yeah. Uh, is it Giga's responsibility to read the prayer? No, I don't want to. But can I? I mean, I guess I can. I think you're required to. Oh, Isn't that what we do okay. as a guest? Yeah. Do you have it I believe that's hands? true. Did you add Always. the line about, like, may Wilford's aim be true or whatever we said? <laughs> Uh, I, so I've decided to trim a, th- a couple things from it that I don't yeah. think really fit in our current, uh, Dr. Ha huh era. I agree. Uh, Are we keep and then I'm just going to improv stuff. So Giga, feel free to put whatever spin on okay. it that you like beyond what's here. Okay, cool. May your life flow like a river. May your days smell sweet as a rose. May your nights be calm and still as a pond. May you, may you be as lucky as an ace. In a game of blackjack, Harkness. Harkness. And may the doctor light your path through time. And may you have the strength of Madarwell. <laughs> and may you get pregnant. And may Wilford shoot you with a gun. Amen. Amen. Excelsior, Dr. Bye. Thank Bye. you for reading that, Giga. Thank you for joining um, us, Giga. Thank you for Christmas, God. Thank you for having me. Dr. Bye. Dr. Dr. Bye. Started and he's ready to blow He's got the dope sounds bumping and his stereo Yo. Yo.